arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Bitch, yes. Alright, uh, we're going to have a stream today. What are we going to be doing? Yes, we're going to be uh, interviewing Dopkek, Anthony. And uh, we'll be getting updates on his court case. If people remember, uh, quite a few weeks ago now, um, we were speaking with Anthony. And um, he was single-handedly taking on the Commonwealth of Virginia, defining, defining what uh, informed consent means uh, in the courts there. And... Uh, if I, uh, well, I can't remember all the legal jujitsu terms that he was uh, using. Tri triformis, presenting himself in triformis in front of in front of the the judge, something like that. Um, so we will be doing that for this stream. Um, let me just get the old uh, jaw muscles uh, loosened up. I've not I've not long woke up. I fell asleep uh, during the evening. And uh <laughs> just uh, found out today that uh fish are right little cannibalistic bastards. Yeah. They are. I didn't realise. Um I've been, you know, got got been trying to get into some goldfish for the kids like the fish. And uh first week bought ten goldfish. They just fucking died straight away <laughs> overnight. <laughs> but I don't know if that was just like my shitty handling or I don't <laughs> never never dealt with fish before. And anyway, I'm uh well I can't say I never dealt with fish. I used to have like, you know, you'd catch that one at the fairground when you were a kid. <laughs> you'd force your parents to get a little tank bowl 
then he'd be dead in a week, right? Anyway, I've I've been topping up the fish and I've been like well I've seen I've seen like one or two dead. Right? But I'm like looking at it and we've got these guppies as well. And the guppies are quite they're pretty fish, but um small. And they're not in with the goldfish. They've got a separate tank, so I haven't I haven't you know, mixed mixed species up or anything. And uh they just, uh, they were just disappearing. And I was, I've, <laughs> I've got searching through the tank. And I found a couple dead, but I was like, God damn it, I'm sure we had more. <laughs> Should we have more of these? Yeah, and lo and behold, what did I find? I had a good search through and I'd find the, the fish carcass. <laughs> it's just pickling. The bones just left. <laughs> so I've realised that, uh, Fish need feeding more than once a week. I thought it was just like once a week, but uh, <laughs> joking. <laughs> it was. Uh, I would feed them once a day. I'd fill that. Uh, I'd fill that tank up. I wasn't stingy with the food, but I guess. Um, I guess that uh, they need twice a day. I guess. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, man. I was just, I, I was, uh, I was surprised that they were so. Uh, well, I guess protein's protein, right? When you, when you're, um, when you're that low down on the evolutionary scale, and you, and there's nothing else. You're in the, you, you're in the McCann Gulag archipelago, forced, forced to swim and look pretty. Fish probably died. Others got hungry. Well, even if they died, right? Just the fact that he was... Um, <laughs> that they would just pick at him. Means I weren't putting enough food in the tank. Both. Both goldfish and guppies. So, um, I'm almost as bad as the Russians. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've had to go and buy a bunch of fish today. And I bought a bloody expensive... Um, like a filter thing for the guppy tank because i thought that i thought they must be but no i think i think that they were just um i you know because i've noticed them chasing each other around the round the cage uh, around the cage around the tank i'm like oh isn't that cute look look at them swimming all after each other they're literally they're they're literally taking chunks out of each other <sighs> i had an oscar and he would eat three to four hundred goldfish at a time I don't know what an Oscar is. Um, all right, let me uh, let me get on with the uh, the stream. Let, let me call. Uh, well, first off, is the soundboard behind me? Yeah, there we go. you had enough. Mary, thank you very much. Uh, what I would like to say is good news. Um, Good news, folks. Um, shout out to Good Doggy for the meme. Uh, let it burn. The uh, this now is fixed, so maybe I should, well, I need to do that now. <laughs> let me just uh, let me just flex my coding skills and see if I can do that quickly. Um, but we got the uh, payment processing back after. Uh, well, shout out to Tix. 
Tax Evading Blick, Simon Phoenix. Um, it was his uh, his contacts, man. And um, so it should it should allow me to un un un. Let's do that. Put fancy Let's do this. Oops. And do this. And um, I want to see if I can get it back. Let's just see. Down, down, down. All right. Um, I think if I do this, I've still messed it up. Why is that? Why? No, <laughs> Ah, well, um, it might put the uh, it might make this link active now. I can't I'll mess with it later. Uh, all right, just deploy that and refresh. And uh, ah, I've messed up, gay. Um, <laughs> oh, you stupid ass! Stupid, stupid ass! Um, da, 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 da. Gay pal. Where's gay pal gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there. And oh, you, you're gonna have to. You've got me. What's on? Wait, wait. I'm gonna do this. Whilst I'm messing around with code, <laughs> let's bring the guest on. Let's do this. Um. So, yeah, dude. How's it going? Go on, well, Kevin. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I wish I could say well, but I've now uh, up to my balls in uh, trying to quickly. <laughs> sort out the web page and uh code so uh why don't you tell us uh a little bit about what you've been up to dude i tried to give a, a brief um update but i don't think um i would have given it justice so i said that you were fighting the uh, commonwealth of virginia as a sovereign uh for uh informed consent um you were deep into the uh, deep in the mat basically wrestling with them and yeah, le legally. Legally, yes. And um, hopefully, you're you're under um, or, or on top and uh, doing some ground and pound. Pretty much. Okay. So maybe a little bit of a recap. Uh, I'm going to share my screen here. Sure. Um, Hopefully, uh, I do this right because I'm myself and technologically challenged. Yeah, I, I know the feeling, bro. I know the oh, feeling. Dear. Application to resume. Hold on a second. Oh, one second. Okay. I have so many things open right now that it's like I don't even know 
where to start. So I just need to click on the one that I'm on. And I believe this is it. I don't know, I don't know how people enjoy coding. I've swapped your application to resume. This is so odd to me. I don't know if you can see my screen. Uh, let's see. Watch stream. Stream paused. I got spinning wheel. Uh, yeah. It says you've minimized your application. Hmm. Um, any. Oh. You, you um, it. it says it's ended right now. Okay. All right. I think. All right. That's why I was switching to applications instead of screens. So if I do this and then this, I would actually be sharing my screen instead of an application. Hey. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey. All right. Eureka. All right. Sorry for that. Let me just pop that sucker out. Yeah. Uh, you are on the screen right now. And Very cool. Please, uh, so, please go for it whilst I try and get rid of all the red. In my <laughs> All right, very cool. So um, my name is Anthony Pena, also known as Doc Keck. Uh, I am the executive director for the American Foundation for Informed Consent, uh, which may be found at Forward Questions here. It's FWD Frank Whiskey Delta questions with an s here.com uh, i have put together in three parts and authored um i guess a collection of peer-reviewed research uh, in three parts uh, that goes over the biologic toxicity of the spike protein how the spike Wait, protein itself sorry to interject um yes if you can find that episode um it's a very very good primer in sars pathology molecular pathology clinical pathology um i uh, i was thoroughly impressed um with your uh with your work there so um yeah. please five hours bro <laughs> is that how long, is, is that how long we were streaming yeah that's, that's, that's what the clock is i had so much fun man i was not just like nerdgasm after nerdgasm man <laughs> Hell well, yeah, I was glad, man. glad I was able to help you bust a nerd up. That's all, that's all I can say. Dude, cheers on so many levels. I mean, even get, getting into orc or theory, like that is like in the weeds. But, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So nice to actually speak with someone who knows what the hell that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so this uh, became part and was and is Exhibit A for... Um, what later became a filing uh, for a declaration of declaratory judgment, which stemmed from a series of emails uh, that I exchanged in which I um, asked the, the Virginia Department of Health uh, via phone call uh, for informed consent. And one thing about Virginia, if you know law.lis.virginia.gov, this goes, so for anyone in Virginia, Virginia has all of their laws, the code of Virginia, their administrative code, which governs the executive branch and the constitution all nicely packaged. So this is where I started. Uh, and then in Virginia, uh, it, there is the code of Virginia. It is a book. And when you open the book, it looks like this. Oof. 
And in that book, uh, you have the code, and then you can also find how it's been applied and other legal standards uh, that may be relevant to your case uh, in terms of a declaration of right, because that is what a declaratory judgment is for. So irrespective of what your issue is in law, there is always a code. This is under civil remedies and procedure, and anyone can do what I'm doing because this information is available to anyone. Okay, public library in a net. Um, so you, you have to do it by book? Well, so they, every judge is going to use this book as a reference. This is their Bible. This is what judges have already found, right? Yeah, so what it if, there isn't an uh, online version that you can control F through? Oh, yes. So um, I can do this. Uh, well, not, not on declaratory judgment. So I'll, I'll return back to informed consent. So informed consent, you know, it's under the Code of Virginia. Here's the definition of informed consent. There it is. That's the law. Okay. Right. Um, so when I asked them for informed consent, this is what I was using regarding the law. And this is what I was using regarding the administrative code. Because when it comes to matters of law, there's always a matter of, of discretion. So it's nice when it's co when the executive policy is also coded because you're also giving them kind of executive reference to what they're supposed to do. Okay, so uh, that led to a filing, um, which was this verified petition at law for declaratory judgment on July 21st against the Virginia Department of Health and Colin Green in his official capacity. And that that's what we talked about before. And it led, and this is their response. And I'd like to go over, uh, it is a demure and a plea of sovereign immunity and what the I guess the Commonwealth attorney is basically saying and giving their reasons for um, what their view of the facts are. And um, maybe maybe because we're dealing with such legalese here. So a demur of attorney to me sounds like they're foregoing any. Any right to. Well, what's your attorney there to there to uh, legal legal processing that's how, that's what that translates to me as but i'm probably way off the mark so uh... well you know the one thing about the law is that you have to define it so they def they defined it so yeah. under virginia law the contention that a pleading uh, does not state a cause of action or that such pleading fails to state facts upon which the relief demanded can be granted may be made by demure it tests the legal sufficiency of a complaint it admits the truth of the facts contained in the pleading to which it is addressed, as well as any facts that may be reasonably and fairly implied and inferred from those allegations. It does not, however, admit the correctness of the, correctness of the conclusions of law. And then to survive the demure, the pleading must be made with sufficient definiteness to enable the court to find the existence of a legal basis for its judgment. And you, you can see how all of these are cited and there's like a law yeah. case, right? So 
all of this is just kind of stare decisis. This is legal definition. This is case law. Okay. So, and what that is, is the legal standard. So they define the legal standard by which they're going to base their arguments on. Okay. Um, so in a demure, it, it's basically challenging the conclusions of law. And in order to survive it, I have to be made sufficient definiteness. The, the law is a lot about um, needles and haystacks, right? Yeah. All, you have all of this information and what you really need to do is hone in and find a needle, right? What is the basis that um, the judge is going to be making the decision on? And, and the law, the law is great because it's all based upon reason and definitions and words all have meaning. So here, sufficient definiteness that right there just stood out to me, right? All of this is just blah, 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 blah. Okay, what do I need to meet? Sufficient definiteness. And the thing about a demure is that when it's pleaded and when it's used, you can only use what the um, demure states. So you're kind of like locked in, right? You can't move outside. So they create the box. But they also grant full admission of the material facts and any inferences that can be made. Right? Okay. Get it? Yes. Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't know if the uh, if anyone's check, lost. Check. Uh, you have to go back, watch the replay if it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so they've they've established uh, they're using the demur, and um, I guess you're going to get into de definiteness, what word, and yeah, um, th this is where well, Pinilax standing to bring this declaratory judgment. What a uh, <laughs> what a horrible yeah. brush off to you, pretty much. Hmm. So, um, under well settled principles, have uh, set. Uh, it, so, so justiciable interest again. They're just citing and creating the legal standard, but there, there are two aspects, and there are two different things which they're arguing because they're also giving a plea of sovereign immunity. And bruh, I have to say, to pull a plea of sovereign immunity from anyone, <laughs> I mean, it's choice. He's a moto man. He's a moto man. Okay. <laughs> well, basically, what the state is saying: "Well, we, the state, and we can do what we want." Like, mm. what? <laughs> Come on, you're my cheesy poops. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So, li so literally, you're nothing. We do what we want. That's that's yeah. their legal argument. Yeah. Well, right. I, again, there there are legal definitions. So this is the basis, right? If a defensive plea presenting a distinct issues of fact, which if proved, create a bar to the plaintiff's right of recovery, and the defendants bear the burden of proving those issues of fact. Okay, so the defendants have the burden of proving this. They can't just plea it, right? Yeah. So if there an immunity plea. 
is a plea in bar. The issue raised by a plea in bar may be submitted to the court for decision based on a discrete body of facts identified by the parties through their pleadings. The existence of sovereign immunity is a question of law. Right? So its existence is not innate. Its existence itself is a question of law. And if, if it applies, the court is without subject matter jurisdiction to adjudicate the claim. So basically it says you can't, the court, this is outside of your purview. Okay, so it's a, it's a question of your venue. purview or the court, it's the court's purview, right? They're trying to, um, it's, it's called legal venue. Mm. Like I'm in the wrong court. Right. And, and I would have to submit to somewhere else because it's the, it's the wrong venue. Okay. So they make their arguments and their arguments are, are made, are made upon certain facts. Okay. And the first thing that they plead could, because of the way I, I did a pro se in triformis as executive director for the American foundation of informed consent, they say yeah, that I can't better, represent. Better, um, uh, do that. What that one means again, uh, pro forme, whatever. Oh, triformis. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's in, in in three parts: mind, body, and spirit. So it's a fully like one being, kind of like with the father. Uh, and then I also realized that there are also some other occult references to that as well. But um, I I don't want to get off topic too much. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't. Just, I don't mean yeah. to get you off topic as well. But I just want to say to folks, uh, shout out to Alberto for uh, fixing McCann Dojo. Let me just. Um, it should be live now. Um, if you want to use it for tip jar or stream fags, gay pal, um, it works. It works. And uh, we had a victory this week, Anthony. We, we took those bastards to the mat and uh, <laughs> got our banking back. So uh, please, folks, uh, go to McCannDojo.com and uh, help keep the stream uh, rolling along. Uh, it's much, much appreciated. And I would just... Uh, if it does, I'd like to see if someone can make it work if they have errors or anything. All right, please carry on. Sweet. So um, basically, there. This is what the state is saying. They say that the petition contains few factual allegations and bare legal assertions. My own personal opinions about the dangers of. The oh, how dare you have opinions about the law that governs you, sir? My lord. And that my primary legal argument is that the VDH, which is the Virginia Department of Health, to just say VDH from now on, uh, must provide informed consent as outlined in the law, Virginia Code, for vaccines provided by EUA and still in phase three medical trials, which qualifies as human research. Um, I contend that the vaccines authorized under EUA required complete and voluntary informed consent as defined in Virginia Code uh, and conclude that the VDH is violating state law by not providing not informed consent. Accordingly, I asked for declaratory judgment um, for informed consent. Um, <laughs> so this is not my first attempt to litigate state law uh, on informed consent issue. He earlier uh, filed a verified uh, petition for writ of mandamus uh, with the Supreme Court of Virginia, which, uh, side note, is the only reason that Virginia does not have mandates. Uh, you're welcome, everyone. Wow, uh, there you go. 
Yeah, because <laughs> when Youngkin signed in uh, the the revocation of ED two, he was not, if you look at his face, he turns beet red, and he's like, oh, 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 well, we still like vaccines and want to get it, blah blah blah, whatever, cat. So, um, yeah, when I talked to the assistant attorney general the next day, she was giddy and overjoyed by the fact that they had rescinded it, and therefore uh, my petition for mandamus no longer had standing because it no longer existed. Um, so they're saying I'm trying to do that over again, but they already decided that I didn't have standing. They said, you need to get a declaratory judgment. So they, they said, well, you can't get this now, but you have to do what I'm doing now. So whatever, make up your mind. Um, so I, I wrote that uh, page on forward questions here, FWD questions here. Um, and that was exhibit A, which... Uh, and then they also go over the fact that, you know... Wait, that, that, that first one being um, the mandamus that we were talking about that one last stream right no uh no the man no the mandamus was filed against uh governor northam oh i see, I see. on december 16th yeah okay. no. and then this this now sort of snowballed from there yeah if anybody wants penny v Yunkin, number 211184 virginia supreme court yeah it's there um but that that's a separate separate matter. Uh, I basically, I rewrote the health policy for the state, and they said, "Uh, well, actually, you need to get standing first. <laughs> okay. Uh, ridiculous. Okay, so, so um, well, um, yeah. The when you when you did that before, that says this triformis uh, pro se triformis. You did that in both instances. Is that I've the done, legal? Yeah, I've done that in all instances. Right. Okay. Just, yeah, just trying yeah. to clarify in my yeah, I'm, I'm just like... wondering when when the um hold on the what do you call it the where they stand up and say I'm so and so of the family uh McCann or whatever or or Penner and um and people sort of give their le or legal fiction name and then their their sovereign names you don't you don't ever do that right when you when you're doing this you don't stroll in the, what do they call those um free men on the land right when they'll go in and think that but because they're there they're, they're trying to get out of fines and yeah uh, well so it, it all depends on the form you want to take here the only thing i'm trying to do is get a recognition of right Okay. You know, because those types of instances usually involve like other civil claims where, you know, they've been wronged and, you know, it, mm. it's, it's, it's a strategy. It can be used. It's not the one that I chose to take. I chose to engage the law directly based upon the law that exists. Okay. And just, right. just for the beginner class of uh, free men on the land, you didn't go in uh with your dead piece of paper and uh, throw it at the judge <laughs> no 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 look it, it, yeah there, there there is there is due process and 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 all of law most of law is this this is this is the law it's what you put to paper and what you can reason you know i, I wrote this earlier i'll just say this now i said once autists wrap their minds around the law the game is over. Get into it, Spurgs. Come on. My man. Get, man. It. <laughs> Get to it. Its basis is human reason placed upon a prayer. All lawsuits are prayers. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. That's, that's why you got to have that uh, Black's uh, Law Dictionary, right? Just paper one. Yeah. All lawsuits are prayers. The divine is not separate from reason, but rather reason itself is the reason divine expression may be made manifest. As beings of reason, we are called to manifest the creator by observation and co-creation with the creator. As the law is all logic and reason, when placed upon observable reality, it has no other option but to acquiesce. Okay. Now, um, so I saw I saw someone put in the uh, the chat um, common law versus communitarian law, and uh, the it just got me to thinking that you know it's in the legal space that what we are fighting, right? If the the globalist the globalist movement is very much a communitarian outlook and view, and um, I'm just maybe this doesn't get enough discussion and airtime or I'm not familiar with it, but are those, are those discussions taking place as to when, do, when does supranational law usurp the, the Commonwealth law, for example, who, who decides that? And is, is it always a back and forth open to challenge? It all depends on the case. It all depends on the case. Every reality and in which either government or matters of chancery or law or right always involve um, an adversarial party. And at, and then at what point can mediation then be delegated or, you know, remedy assigned or decided upon or ordered, you know, and upon what grounds, you know? Well, so, I, mean, I, I don't. If I don't know, I'd be. If I did know, I'd be a highly successful lawyer. I wouldn't be having this conversation, dude. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting here just, uh, like, I say, my minimal, minimal grasp of uh, of of law is just, um, yeah. I, I I grew up in a in the Commonwealth, right? I I understand. Um, well, that's how I understand it. I'm aware of the free man on the land and uh, being the sovereign and and just it, I, I don't want to know about the law i just want to be left alone <laughs> that's the but you're not going to be less left alone unless you unless you have a functional understanding of um of what you're describing here which is this mechanism for in, bringing into existence the, the the rules and regulations around which we have to navigate um, um, well, it's it's more of having an understanding of what they are, so that you learn how to navigate them and how to apply them, so that they're navigated to the endpoint that you're trying to get to. You know, it's like if you start at the end and work your way backwards, you kind of like reverse engineer the decision, which is kind of what I did here because I researched um, the declaratory judgments. I researched the, um, trying to find it. There it is. The, the, the case law. So I had an understanding of what legal definitions I needed to satisfy. And so uh, these case law 
examples that, that you were going through, just for people who are thinking about doing this, how many pages of tiny font and column, two column width um, pages are you going to have to go through to, I mean, your your case would seem a, a, com a complex one for me, but um, yeah, well, what's, what's so the reading time? Well, the thing is, so the law is the law, right? Um, and it's going to depend. So some have a lot. Some some might have twenty to fifty pages. Others might have three. I don't know. You know, the other thing is that you never know really how the other side is going to argue and what's going to be applied, right? So within within their argument, within their litigation, within their reason, within their prayer, within their structure of logic, okay, they also have to, in essence, prove, right? Because like we read, in a, the burden of proof is on them, yeah. right? So here, and, and where they got me on before is legal standing, okay? And in, in order to have uh, a case, you need to have or, and establish legal standing. And that's where they got me on, uh, on the mandamus. Said so don't legal standing. Okay. The thing is that a declaratory judgment is used in order to establish legal standing. So you can't throw it out just on that basis alone. Okay. Um, and what you're looking at is a... Um, full understanding the factual allegations to see if it, and, and looking at the uh, substantial legal right to assert. So, this is the word justiciable controversy for purposes of the declaratory judgment must involve specific adverse claims placed upon present rather than future facts and possible for the court to render a decree such that my rights will thereby be affected. So the determination of a disputed issue, rather than the adjudication of the party's rights, the case is not one for declaratory judgment. So when, in, when, in a, when the actual objective in the declaratory judgment is a determination of a disputed issue, right? So if, if it's a disputed issue, rather than a, an adjudication of the party's rights, it is not one for declaratory judgment. Right. They cannot give advisory opinions. They're there to decide on the party's rights. So this is a declaratory judgment is only for the recognition of right. There are no attorney's fees by law that can be awarded for this type of lawsuit, which may be why it's not used very often. Right. Yeah. They can't, okay. can't make their pound of flesh, right? They can't, and rights are only as good and powerful as those who are willing to assert them in all means available to them, especially when they are defined by law. Okay? Yeah. So a right is something that you own, right? There are inherent rights, inalienable rights, unalienable rights, okay? Um, and all of those are based on ownership, but 
ubiquitous rights, kind of like non-tangible rights, such as the right to receive informed consent, are only as good as those who are willing to ask for it and go for it, not wait for others. Well, doesn't doesn't isn't informed consent a sort of offshoot of more fundamental laws, right? It, 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 because it, it it implies a medical domain. I, 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 Correct. Yeah. So there's two ways. There's the research end, and then there is the medical end. And some states are not organized as a commonwealth, so the authority that authority isn't held within the virginia department like any um, like state-owned department of health it is held privately through you know hospital systems and insurance companies and however the state or the state organizes it because this is a state issue this falls within state jurisdiction unless you're dealing with federal juris you know jurisdiction right. property authorities but so, so other, other commonwealths would they use this as other commonwealths are organized as other commonwealths are you will have to look at their laws at their case law which is available online and in the local library um, which anyone can do just <laughs> just for us uh listeners though um like the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, right? Um, would it would it be worth researching Virginia's state law if that, like, say for example, no. you, you've you've managed to do all this in Virginia, right? Uh, okay, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. but, um, someone could can they theoretically use this as a as a sort of at least a, a, a guide to yeah as a template yeah. Whether yep, whether the laws or that the case law is the same is going to differ. Yeah, that that I see. But the I mean, yeah. So look, we'll we'll just do one real quick. We'll do uh, informed and and I've never done this before. I'm doing this live, and I don't know why. But here we go. Informed consent. For some reason, I'm hearing Wisconsin. Okay, I, okay. I said Pennsylvania, but, but um, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, well Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So let's uh, let's law. So it looks at, okay, physicians must obtain informed consent. So, you know, whereas I am asking for um, the Department of Health, mm -hmm. um, it looks as though it's going to be more private party in Pennsylvania. So in someone in Pennsylvania then potentially has an easier route because it's just a discussion with the doctor. Um, yeah, but it's really just that informed consent, your state law, and use that as a, as a starting point. You know, you'll get a lot of different case law. Some, and and then you can maybe you can even look at statutes. Is another one, and just play with words. You know, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Pennsylvania statutes, uh, Title Twenty PS insurance. So this is insurance informed consent. Okay, uh, there's gonna so there, as you can see, there's a title in Pennsylvania codes. This is fine law. Yeah, just came upon them. But you can see how quick it is. Yeah, you know, and then this is all Pennsylvania law, depending upon what you want. This is all right here. Is there vaccination in there? <laughs> no, that's probably going to fall under health. Actually, let's see health. 
Uh, uh, okay, now it's searching everything, not just Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, see. On the screen. Here we go, health and safety. Okay. 35 PS. There you go, health and safety. Hospitals, nursing care, and then control F. You said to show you to see if they have informed consent. Nope, not there. See consent. Minors consent to medical care. And then see here. Nothing for consent. And nope. Informed. So uh, people in Pennsylvania, yeah, um, get to it. <laughs> get in there, yeah. Start making the case law. Yeah. Yeah. Sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah. Sidebar. Uh, you're gonna have to look at for informed consent, and then you can go into your local library, look up, and ask them where the book, where the statutes is, to find the case law. Um, but getting back here. Um, what they're saying is that I failed to identify either a special or pecuniary interest in the outcome of the controversy that that is separate from the interest of the general public, which is I, I don't the general public didn't write them then emails. They didn't write the general public back emails. I don't know. This don't make sense. Uh, you know, and then this this right here, my man. Pena appears to already possess all of the information that an informed consent would provide, as shown by the 111-page document he has authored and submitted with the petition. Wow, that's uh... my man, my man. Yo, this is legally qualified as informed consent now. Bravo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh -oh. dude. Yeah, my man. That like, I, that was just such an admission that like their case <laughs> fell on that. Like, yo, duh. <laughs> thank you. And it's weird because you know, as as AGs, they have dual um, allegiance. They have one to their client, which is the state, but the second is to me as a citizen. And their primary responsibility is to me. Right. So it's like we we wonder if the reason that they did this was not for us or for me to take advantage of. That's kind of in the background. So if that is the case, many blessings to, you know, two AGs that worked on this. Yeah. Um, because they're just, yeah. Uh, they said that have not demonstrated standing or just justiciable interest. The action should be dismissed. Uh, sovereign immunity bars all claims. You know, we the government. Uh, and it's weird because they say that be, uh, the determine uh, the ultimate question is whether the statute evinces an intention on the part of the general assembly to waive sovereign immunity so as to permit a party to s to seek judicial review by way of a motion for declaratory judgment of action taken pursuant to the code so if they evince an intention so if the law evinces an intention to waive sovereign immunity right then that's one way. The other way is that it has to be explicitly waived within the law. So if it isn't explicitly waived, then it's impliedly waived. <laughs> what? Because it isn't there, it's there. <laughs> Come on, man. It's invisible. And because you can't see it, I've never heard so you, you've on on the first point where they've basically 
conceded to your document? I mean, why? Well, I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see why they would still be pulling out uh, legal argumentation after that. To what more are they trying to push here? I think that what what they were trying to do there was saying because I had already have in my possession everything that I could ask uh, for them or from them uh, as a remedy, it would be, it's like moot, right? Because they cannot provide me anything more than I guess I would have already had, which is an odd way. At least that's an odd assumption of mine. And it's the only thing that I can think of that would make sense in the mind of someone making that argument. Because outside of that, it's, I mean, and, and even with that, it's, it's a separate matter and a separate issue. It has nothing to do with my declaration of right. But thank you for the thank you for the acknowledgement. You know, like really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and, and I will I, and I will contend that fourquestionshere.com is the most comprehensive uh, explanation uh, and collection of pathologies of the spike protein that exist in the world. If anyone is really wants to get into the nitty gritty, literally like the molecular physics of what the spike protein does i can't say again like how huge that was and and is yeah i mean it's yeah. a um it's it's a great piece of work and like i say i was um very very impressed with your your knowledge i mean to, to come at something i don't know if you had any yeah. biology training before but um you've certainly done a um an excellent job yep the other thing that they then argue is that I have no private right. Like, yeah. <laughs> fuck you, citizen. Fuck in your pod. You know, uh, substantive law determines whether a private claimant has a right to bring judicial action, um, uh, must possess a legal right to bring the action, which depends on the provisions of the statute. When a silent is statute, it has no authority to infer statutory private right of action. Like last time I read informed consent statute, last time I could even contemplate the reason for the existence of informed consent is because flesh and blood, private human beings uh, would be or, you know, be offered uh, an experimental medical uh, technology. Mm. What else does that imply other than a private right of action? And, and that re that's what I argued anyway. <laughs> Y'all dumb. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Clear side expressing, authorizing. So, expressly authorizing or implying that a private parties. So, that's what I have to, on the same grounds, like, and because I don't do anything against Dr. Green, he gets off the hook. They say informed consent does not apply. Um, interestingly, because of uh, Section 564 of the Food Drug Cos Cosmetic Act, which is um, what the EUAs, it's like the founding uh, right. statute for EUAs, right? So they say, you know... That's uh, probably prior... a good, good thing to go through there. So federal law requires informed consent for participants in clinical trials for unapproved drugs, but does not require informed consent for administration of EUA vaccines. That first sentence there leaps out at me. Yep. Um, 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the case. Not my understanding of informed consent. Even 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 under emergency use, you always have the right to to say no unless a ward of the state. It's uh, it's. It's case. It, it's well, not even, case even now, now, even as a ward of the framework. state, they can't. They can't do that, right? They can't force prisoners or military. Well, I say that they have forced military, but um, yeah. My 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 presumption was that we'd sort of become enlightened enough that we would. We realized we couldn't force people to take um, experimental treatments. Now, how that would relate to accepted treatments? as a ward of the state they must be able to leverage that because they can force you to take psychiatric medications right uh, as you're a ward when you're under the care custody and control especially uh for psychiatric reasons when you get into the psychology and psychiatric psychiatric side of things man it's man uh, stay away if you can yeah 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 really that's just a Oh my God! It, it, its basis is flawed. So anything which well, it, well, not always. I, I well, know. the problem is you're, you're dealing with very complex behaviors at this point, right? Where the you know, what say someone is schizoid? They they are breaking with reality. They are a danger to themselves and others. Um, and look, whatever the, whatever the reasons for that psychotic break, there's still the emergent behavior that has to be contained somehow. We don't. Um, it, it would be, it would be naive to think that they're not going to use the tools available to them, and you know whether that was put you in an asylum and spray you with cold water. Yeah, it's my understanding that when operating under co- uh, color of law, uh, it is the duty of the state to f- uh, first protect others and then protect the individual from themselves. So once that judgment is made that you know, neither danger exists, then that authority ceases, which is why, you know, you, you would get into, you know, temporary restraining orders, temporary detention orders, you know, because if someone has like a psychotic break or, you know, drinks too much or, you know, had whatever, I, I don't know. Hey, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah not all. <laughs> <laughs> right, that drank um, too much. Right, yeah, what's the matter All right. You didn't, you didn't eat the brown acid? Yeah. So, so that's the premise, and uh, that was their response on what was this August twenty second? Yeah, all right. Yes, yeah, so I, I remember when we were talking last, right? Lit- literally, this this had to be rolled up in weeks, right? But, oh, my man, I did this in a day. <laughs> okay. So I was like, dang, man, like I don't know how much you sort of copy and pasted and stuff, but. It's... A lot of it is. A lot of it is copy and pasting. Okay. A lot of it is. It, oh, well, you've blown, you've blown all the mystique then. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd been doing a, a devil's advocate. You've uh, you've been snapping your fingers at your secretary and they're rolling in case law. After those trolleys. You seen that? Seen that movie? Devil's Which advocate. One? Devil's advocate. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, great movie. And uh, case law on. Um, I don't know what's the way he's defending the guy who's slaughtering goats. And... All right. Well, let, let me let me show you how to slaughter this goat. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, and this is going to be a clinic. Um, so when 
doing and responding always answer in the affirmative as though the judge has already found for you. Okay. So that's why I start. This court maintains subject matter jurisdiction and should deny respondents to mere and plea of sovereign immunity because respondents have failed to respond with sufficient definiteness, countering any claims, much less meet any burden of proof to substantiate their claims. I have a private right of action under Virginia's informed consent law, right? In the affirmative. I'm not saying, oh, no, no, no. Like, no. But this is what it is. You literally manifest your reality in writing. Yeah. Okay. So, respondents to mere and plea of sovereign immunity no, misrepresent. In normal language, folks, just be a right bullshit git when you're writing this stuff. Just Yes. It's... You are praying, literally, you are praying in front of the creator and you are presenting what it is that the reality is. Okay? There are no questions other than the ones that you already know the answer to. You me. I demand yeah. it. Exactly. As well as nothing more than an acknowledgement of what has been seen in observable reality and how that matches with the law. But observable reality in existence is a predicate upon which it is placed on the scales of the law. Right? Yeah. So... Within the observable reality, I realized that they misrepresented my factual allegations. And you can't do that by mistake. I wrote it. It's there. If you didn't read it, that ain't my fault. Okay? Yeah, I can, so, I can just imagine them reading that 111-page document as well, going, what? My man. <laughs> In a time crunch. During summertime. <laughs> mm, yeah. All right. So um, they incorrectly implied that I'm seeking to relitigate, right? That case is that case. It's not material to this one. They they erroneously claimed that I implied the COVID-19 vaccine was mandated for all Virginia citizens when respondents sole exhibit clearly states the mandates were limited to state employees. Right. Y'all didn't read your own damn exhibit. Respondents erroneously implied um, Petition A contains no peer-reviewed research, which nearly all the information related in that um, on forwardquestionshere.com are direct excerpts from peer-reviewed research from preeminent doctors and researchers in their fields. That peer-reviewed research serves as the basis for the biological claims made, not that of the author collating their research and presenting it in a larger context. Yep, good move. Yep. No, very, very, very little of that was my opinion. It was an extrapolation based upon the peer-reviewed research that that was there. Furthermore, I've you know the the petition the exhibit um, has already updated VDH on how the S1 sub uh, how the spike protein is a direct. Prime, direct primary sequelae causative agent for long COVID, and they agreed that matter is not in dispute. Okay? I'm not asking the court about the biologic toxicity of the spike protein. VDH has already agreed to that toxicity. Okay. 
They offer no evidence to counter any biological claim, which is also the therapeutic agent for all COVID vaccines currently available. And in their own communications and demure, both concede that the spike protein is closely related to the cause of long COVID. As material fact, right? Respondents also erroneously applied Section 564 of the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act by ignoring the plain language of their own reference used to support their argument that federal law does not require informed consent for non-research use of vaccines. Thank you for that footnote, whoever sent, included that. So here it says in Section 564, in addition to requiring that potential recipients be informed of the option to accept or refuse administration of the product, the statute also requires that they be informed of the consequences, if any, and of refusing administration of the product and of the alternatives to the product that are available and of their benefits and risks. Two, two other provisions of the subsection require that individuals be informed of the fact that the FDA has authorized a EU... So, it also requires that they be informed that it's EUA and... Uh, and... And the significant known and potential benefits and risks of use and the extent of which such benefits and risks are unknown. Your own citation. These provisions all appear to require only that certain factual information be conveyed to those who might. I might. I still might. Use the product. Yep. They're aware about the spike protein, federally mandated to make it known to those who might use a product, especially any private person seeking full accounting of the significant known and potential benefits and risks. State the reality. They say it followerly, you know, that it does not require because the fact, you know, they say that all I need is fact sheets, but fact sheets do not meet the burden set in Section 564. The fact sheets are deficient. I'm just pointing it out. Okay. They're duly mandated by federal statutes to fulfill their obligations on 564, you know? And then also, um, there are other sections um, where VDH shall provide for the surveillance of and investigation into all preventable diseases and epidemics in this Commonwealth. That includes their sequelae. Okay. Furthermore, right, the spike protein is related to diseases which requires immediate compulsory reporting under the administrative code. So there's other things that the spike protein causes that would require unusual occurrence of disease of public health concern. Long COVID is a debilitating and possibly fatal disease and qualifies as an unusual occurrence of a disease of public health concern. It's called long COVID. <laughs> okay. Ask now, dude. Huh? Pask. They call it yeah, yeah. post-acute sequelae of COVID. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bruce Patterson. Federal courts denied uh, federal vaccine mandates because state jurisdiction takes primacy over federal enforcement. And statute constitutionally due to, due to their non-economic nature, right? Non-economic nature, non-economic activity is relegated to the states. They can't cite federal regulations for their failure to perform their legally superior constitutional duties. Okay, 
And they cannot deny a private person's declaratory judgment when person is in the plain language of informed consent statute. Yeah. So, legal standard. Anyone who has an issue and wants to do a mandamus or has a law that they know that someone who is holding office is constitutionally required to perform this case, you need to take a screenshot of this right here. Okay. So remember, in a demur, you can, o you can only answer what they include. So I start with the existence of sovereign immunity is a question of law. I use their own case. Right. And then I have to deconstruct that. But I, I'm de I deconstruct it within providing the legal standard. They're not immune from suit based upon sovereign immunity for the equitable relief of declaratory judgment. But this right here. Take a screenshot of this. An action is not against the state for purposes of sovereign immunity when it seeks to restrain action or compel state officials to perform their duties. This case, Pennsylvania Academy of Chiropractic Physicians. Defense of sovereign immunity is inapplicable where petitioner sought declaration which would result in restraining state officials from revoking or suspending licenses. A lot of that going on right now of chiropractors who use the term chiropractic physicians. And then the second one, Frank V. Tucker, where the suit brought against state officials seeks to compel them to perform their duty, it is not an action against the state. This is federal appellate court since 1985. Well established. Okay. That right there, set that bar. Good luck. So, and then I deconstruct a demure. So a pleading will survive a demure if factual allegations um, pled and the reasonable inferences drawn therefrom are sufficient to state a cause of action. That's what I got to do. So based upon this, sovereign immunity does not apply because I'm trying to compel them to perform their duty. In essence, I'm trying to get them to recognize my right. Okay. And so... They have the burden of proof. They don't get it. Uh, I articulated a justiciable controversy, right? Uh, and all of this is cited. When an issue is decided by circuit court, all reasonable inferences. An omission or non-performance of a duty may sound both in contract and in tort, but only where the omission or non-performance by contractual duty also violates a common law duty such as a statutory duty or the duty to provide informed consent. Let me get into aggrieved parties and how aggrieved parties and a justiciable controversy is not there. So it's not sufficient. Here we go. Down here. Aggrieved party standard and evaluating environmental association. Um, any distinction between an aggrieved party and a justiciable interest was a distinction without a difference in declaratory judgment actions. So for me, I either need to show myself as an aggrieved party or I would have a justiciable interest, right? Well, I got emails, yeah. right? So, and then this was really cool. Um, the court may examine any exhibits accompanying the pleadings and may ignore a party's factual allegations contradicted by the terms of authentic 
unambiguous documents. <laughs> there you go, judge. You know, have fun with those exhibits, right? So I have, there's no administrative remedy relief. They've denied it. I said, I, we're going to court, provide a peer-reviewed research, multiple board, blah, 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 blah. Um, legality of an ordinance is tested not only by what has been done under its provisions, but what may be done they're under okay so remember i was saying about discretion people doing and not doing if it may be done and they're not doing it then you may have uh, grounds for a declaratory judgment mm. and then i just say you know a grief party same as justiciable interest um and then I conclude with that I'm under no obligation to inform anyone with my intent to receive a vaccine prior to receiving informed consent as informed consent is a prerequisite for all medical procedures, not just for vaccines. Mm. Right? Quite. Um, quite. Um, I properly exhausted all administrative remedies, established an immediate pecuniary substantial interest in the litigation. See, I'm using the same words, right? This is what I've done. I've checked that. Check. It's like they give you the checkbox and you just check it off. This is what I've done. This is what I've done. Right? Does not involve any other individual or public at large. All allegations are from direct communication. Solely petitioner's rights being asserted and then denied. And I've established myself as an aggrieved party and the existence of a justiciable controversy. And their demur must be denied. Denied! Uh, okay. Right. So this is still, it's still you. You've. Um... Yeah. So, um, this is their response. Oh, well, no, this is this is me um, okay. making my argument. Okay. This is still the, the same thing. So that's the demure. Could you not right? stop it? Could you not? Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Okay. So the demure, and then here we have. Um, so there, there are specific points that they make, and I have to answer them. That's why this is an answer. Okay. So. Uh, Virginia I mean, statute. It, it was a uh, how should we say a, a a robust rebuttal to the demur. I have to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure it's complete, nice, and sewn up in a button. Because um, once then that's done, then this becomes an exhibit for a motion for summary judgment later on. Because in this, I can only address the demur. I can't address anything. Like, I didn't want to so... combine this. So you want to be, how should we say, um, your writing's got to be, people are going to use your writing, right? This gets submitted as the case law, right? And so, yeah, it's a public record. Yeah, so, you know, if you're going to do this, folks, uh, yeah, remember, it's not it's not the dojo. You can't, you can't get all salty in your language. Mm -hmm. um, be, nope. Be, uh be polite i guess to the judge so. it's a prayer mm. you don't want to curse that god you mm. want to make it a true prayer yeah. right and if you've used other prayers or decisions of other prayers within your prayer then the judge is like oh okay well that makes sense right and you're bracketing them in okay so a court is vested with the authority to evaluate um, whether the trust actions are consistent with the terms and purposes of the trust and in the best interest of the beneficiaries, and if there were not, to overrule the decision of the trustee as arbitrary and an abuse of discretion. This case right here is how you challenge discretion 
of so public I, officials. I just want to, because people are asking in the chat about transcripts and what have you, and that's why I was asking for the. Um, it's part of the public record. Is it already available online that people can see? Uh, uh, matter of fact, okay, yeah. One second. Here we go. Um, I remember, it's Commonwealth's it. folks, and your Commonwealth may be different, so uh, keep that in mind. I just put in my LinkedIn. Uh, I have published everything up to this point on my LinkedIn. It's the only place that I'm aware of where it's available. Um, the lawsuits are online. Um, so there you go. Uh, so terms and purposes. Uh, the other thing is, and here's really critical. So when the FDA issues an EUA, it provides an access mechanism uh, to a medical countermeasure which is an MCM. If you see MCM, Mike, Charlie, Mike, medical countermeasure is what that's referring to. Okay. So this is more like Marshall in its scope, right? This is more of a military kind of operation within, within a civil structure, okay? Medical countermeasure, virus of public health threat, okay? Um, under EUAs for COVID-19s, um, FDA provides maximum flexibility to emergency response stakeholders. And this is direct from the FDA's website. Okay. When did um, stakeholders all... infiltrate the literature, dude? Um, that, yeah. That word just makes me bristle so much now. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that it authorizes them mm. to identify or authorize the types of personnel and responders that would be most appropriate to administer the product. And this is also critical identify the mechanism identify the legal mechanism identify the legal justification well if it's on them to identify that mechanism well then it's in their jurisdiction again further evidence and proof that this is a state issue okay and i uh, can access my someone someone's i don't know if this is meant at you uh, I think it is, because it says a caller is asking you, please post legal actions to anonymous site without credential restrictions. Uh, forward questions here.com informed consent. I don't know. That may be, oh. that may be important, dude. Um, if you can yeah, let me that. check that. Uh, no, that, that's, that's, that's me. Oh, that's you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just one page. So what I think what we have here is maybe a nice little electronic infiltration maybe we're uh, reaching ears and making things which are triggering the algorithm that are saying oh look at this conspiracy theory site this must be <laughs> protested i love it thank you um, i appreciate well, that no, that's uh it means you're doing the right uh all right thing all right so <laughs> um yeah and look I, this this language around medical countermeasures right it's precisely why I stick to, and again, it's it's been a painful position to hold, right? No, painful is wrong. Um, but in talking about all these events, what we're dealing with in terms of biological warfare, it, it was obvious something was very, very wrong from the beginning. The way that they were desperately, desperately trying to change the topic of discussion away from that. 
and you've you've seen it at multiple levels. You're a conspiracy, like literally, you're a conspiracy theorist if you think that this has anything to do with biological warfare, right? And then they'll couch it in. They haven't made up a synthetic from scratch virus, right? You're crazy to think such a thing, but the back checkers have found that. right, right, <laughs> and. How about this? How about this? Fact checkers have found that U.S. state, uh, United States patent number nine comma five eight seven comma zero zero three filed in March seventh, twenty seventeen, by Moderna matches the furin cleavage site mm. for alpha strain B one one seven for SARS CoV two, the furin cleavage site, which is the exact site which needs which in medical literature needs to be exposed in order for the spike protein to be quote unquote activated. And in all of genomic human history only appears in two places. One as an MSH three class gene, which an MSH three class gene when present, uh, at the site of genetic repair where MSH2 and MSH6 class genes are present will bind with MSH2 genes forming a complementary pair and therefore causing um, genetic repair dysregulation. Uh -huh. yeah, that's, that, that, it's amazing that, how that, much they, they brushed over that, right? They admitted to yeah, it they, on, on, on TV and then just, we never heard about it again. Yeah, and, and they also brush over the, the second uh, corollary outside of the MSH3 class gene, which is the gene specifically for Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. Oh, yeah, syndrome. right. That's, yes, I remember this. Um, yeah. Better just pull that up on the screen just so we can yeah. remind ourselves of Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. My man. There we go. Four questions here. This is in part two. Uh, I need to get up to it. I just pass it. It's under PRA. There it is. Yeah, there's the pat there's the patent. There it is. If you yeah. want it. Yeah. You can take a screenshot. This is the patent number for the fear and cleavage site. There is the genetic code right there on the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Um there, actually here. Fear you can see this is where it appears on the spike protein. It's receptor binding domain. Okay, S1 and S2. Right, P R R A R S. Okay, those are the codons, which are three complementary pair. P R A R S. Hermansky Pudlak syndrome. A A B one seven eight six nine dot one, which is also a match for the furin cleavage site uh, for and, and the uh, patented furin cleavage site. It's also a match for that too. The the other one thing. Let me just go back up. That is oncology related see that i can't because this is a screenshot oncology what is oncology again doctor that'd be yeah uh, that'd be those neoplasms that could have cancer get you oh, oh oh is that the common term cancer is that oncology okay Fuck out here. consumption's got me oh, um no and, and this is serious mm. hermansky pudlak syndrome Okay, is a rare hereditary disorder, causes albinism, right? Um, and blood platelet dysfunction, 
with prolonged bleeding. Some patients have lung fibrosis or an abnormal storage of fatty-like substance. Amyloidosis, yeah. fibrinogenic response, oh, familiar with uh, rhizopatorius. And here it's called a steroid lipofusin. You know? It's bananas. Uh, yeah, yeah, also yeah. A, I mean, uh, I d I'm, I'm stuck for something intelligent to say at these points because it's just mind-blowing, right? Yeah. That, that all of these things have come to light in the last two and a half years. And um, we're still, we're still having in, insane debates about is it lab origin or not? Um, well, um, yeah, we'll, I, we'll, I see. Uh, uh, we'll keep we'll try to keep this one YouTube friendly, but yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say I this feel to the Jay salty Thomas. language coming. Uh, no, I'll I'll, I'll 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 keep it clinical. I'll, I'll say uh, to Jay Thomas out there, you know. So this is like idiopathic thrombocytopenia. Uh, yes, in one form. The other thing is that they've also been uh, observed causing parasite dysfunction. P E R I C Y T E parasite. It's basically the interstitia, interstitia for capillaries. They hold the capillaries together, yeah. and what the spike protein actually does is cause the parasites to retreat. And when yeah, the parasites retreat, then you have yeah that's another avenue for it not just clotting well that that's, you know? that seems to be the um route into the brain um from the yeah, systemic circulation and the, 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 there then you hit this issue of right, the brain circulation is so complex that yep. um it becomes the the plethora of impact sites is essentially a combination of impact sites is um, well, the, the main problem is microglial infection, yeah. mm. you know, oh, which is they're, then... they're trying their best to uh, plug the the breach of the blood brain barrier. And, you know, the microglia now have really sort of. Well, yeah, they're the transport mechanism. So that there's a lot of pet studies, not a lot, a lot, but there's pet studies coming out now. And it's not just it's not just for um, long COVID, um, but the other ME CFS type conditions as well that this microglial activation is a critical pathology in the disease and yep. you know my my suspicion is is that this state has been very very carefully deconstructed by those who would have an interest in such a well prolonged um a prolonged disease state that is, is a lot of it's ambiguous right because it just doesn't present right when someone say oh, oh my joints and muscles are hurting the instinct of the doctor is to look at the joints and the muscles right and they'll say there's nothing wrong if you did your mri there's nothing wrong it's in your head well in actual fact it is in your head and i i feel that they've like i say when we know that there are these patented sequences in there they seem exquisitely picked for this um inflammatory state to impact the brain and then from you know once that process has started then all the the signatures of neurodegeneration begin to begin to emerge and i'm well you know again it, 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 this is where you have to use the martial language as you were saying as you did talk about these things in military biowarfare terms and they start to make a lot more sense
anyway, I'm, I'm, you go on, dude. You're, you're the expert here. I'm just, I'm the student listening. So. Go, go, go. You there, dude? Yeah, we've lost you. I was on mute, my bot. Um, violations of law and the Constitution. The unconscionable refusal to notify families about pending decisions is simply unacceptable. We will not accept selective violations of our constitutional rights. We will protect all of them. Good. We don't get to pick and choose the parts of the Constitution that we want to preserve and protect. Thank you, Governor Youngkin. Mm. You're right. Mm. Exactly right. They have a clear legal right, like they have a clear legal duty to provide informed consent yeah. when utilizing state powers. They police the powers, it says there. <laughs> yes, it does. Because that's exactly what it is. They're mm. operating in a martial fashion. Mm. Uh-huh. So, and then... Even if informed consent does not apply, respondents are still bound by 32.91, right? So, which is interesting because the Virginia Department of Health has two duties. One is informed consent, and then the other one is to the surveillance and investigation, right? They say that my, my exhibit contains all the information on the biologic toxicity. However, their admission does not provide an answer to questions as to why the VDH or commissioner acting in their official capacity would choose to ignore and deny the information as a means to provide me with answers to my own questions as per informed consent statutes or Section 564. How, whichever way you go. Right? Because they got to give me the significant and potential benefits of ruse and the extent to which benefits and benefits and risks are unknown. So what's the chance of getting long COVID if you're exposed to the spike protein? I don't know. Well, was there a chance? Well, yeah, there is. You just don't know how much. But you, yeah, let me know that. Yeah. Or if you do know, let me know. I might know the answer to that question. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh... And then I found on the Administrative Code, State Board of Health and State Health Commissioner, right? So um, duties of the VDH and the Commissioner are synonymous. He has to remain a party, right? And close. So I've answered their demure. And then this. October 5th. Is this a response? Oh, awesome. Dude, before yes. we get that, let me, let me go... Uh... Take a wee okay. break and fill my cup. With, uh, you can spend um, some time with chat. What we got going on here? Yeah, uh, check the chat and uh, answer questions. Um, there's a bunch in there. I've, I've been keeping my eye on them. See you in a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is serious. I hope they all be held accountable. You know, I really do. God willing. If this happens, this would be the first instance in the nation where the spike protein were to be legally defined as a biologic toxin and everything making it in the body a toxic substance, with further notice being mandated to anyone receiving the vax 
of the possibility of a healthcare-associated infection related to long COVID. It's pretty cool. Thing is that this is just a template. This has to happen state by state or hospital to hospital. So this is a, a general brief format. You have a cover page, a table of contents, right? Table of authorities are all of the cases that you use done in alphabetical order with the page number they appear on. Okay. Statutory provisions, latest legislative materials, regulations, and rules. So after the cases, then comes the Constitution and the statutes, wherever they are located in the page numbers. And then if you use anything else, footnotes, sources, articles, Virginia Attorney General, uh, like Attorney General opinions, title, right? Who wrote it? Title, where it can be found. Page number where they appear. Okay. And then you start getting into your motion. Every state will have its own limit. They have their own font rules. Really quick to look up. No, it is a state. Rabbit girl, this is a state issue. It is not national. This is to be held and action brought into state court. See if I can find something else here for you guys. Wait for me to get back. Here we go. How about some pathology? Let's get into some pathology that they won't really tell you about let me just get my all right good on. he came back all right yeah sorry i had to deal with the youngster i do apologize all, all right. good motion for summary judgment all right boom boom uh, okay i was just going over the brief format if you submit as motion for summary judgment in a brief format because usually you're gonna have to show up to court if this goes to oral arguments you're gonna have to submit a brief anyway just do yourself the favor of tedious work, but it needs to be done. So cite the provisions, um, give a background. Okay, I filed the declaratory judgment. Um, my what my assertions are premised upon. Okay, and then give me my give me my declaratory, give me right now within. Um, a motion for summary judgment and within the framework of a declaratory judgment, um, the court cannot rule on matters of dispute. Okay, so I need to lay out or anyone needs to lay out the facts that are not generally in dispute. 
So if, if you want to start with, hey, um, local health authority, um, this is a biologic toxin because, because X, Y, and Z, you need to do that first. You need to engage with those who may be able to help you before um, a court is going to be able to um, render a decision based on your rights. You have to assert your rights, and then they have to be denied. And when they are denied, then you'll have cause to go in. Okay? So, a lot of the law, you can get lost in your head. But oh God, again, yeah. you have to tie it back to reality. What exists? What are the facts? Right? So, here are the facts. It's currently listed as a virus of public health concern. Um, it's been shown to cause syncytia, lymphocyte elimination, all the pathologies. This is on paragraph 42 in my original petition. When they issue, uh, when when the FDA issues an EUA, provides an access mechanism to an MCM for an emergency response. Okay, they authorize stakeholders. That's what it is. Right? They must identify. They have to identify the mechanism. Section 564, those who might use the product. Benefits, risks are known and unknown. Biologic toxicity is not in dispute here. Right? It is a biologic toxin. I go into the definition because it's defined. Okay? The toxic material or product of microorganisms including but not limited to viruses, or a recombinant or synthesized molecule. Hmm. Yeah. Whatever the origin and method of production. That's the law. That, that, that's not even the law. That, that's administrative code. <laughs> that's actionable policy. Okay? And if you can get actionable policy over statute, then use it. Okay? Within the S1 subunit for protein sequences of pathogenic concern, right? One that attaches to ACE2, the one that attaches to alpha 7, um, the N terminal domain, and then the furin cleavage site, all on the S1 subunit. And all four of those have their own pathology. It's nuts. Yeah. Okay. So a reasonable, comprehensible explanation, which is well, four, four lightning strikes. In the same spot, mm -hmm. four lightning strikes in the same spot, all at the same time. You know what? You know what it reminds okay. me of. What? What's what's that movie with Tom Cruise? The old H.G. Wells one. Ah, War of the Worlds. You seen that version? Okay. You seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. where where they're watching the aliens come down, and they just come down in the in the lightning bolts, right? And it's just sort of, <laughs> and it's people are thinking it's thunderstorms and they're like eh, this just don't quite look right and yeah and then in it is the well they're just transplanting themselves into their ships but um the yeah those 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 four pep or, or four pathological sequences are um well especially the overlap with hiv as well it's yeah gp120 mm, yeah it's not yeah but well, I mean, really, what it all comes down to is infiltration of the innate immune system, you know, which has been proven, yeah. you know, and 
or you can also call it antibody-dependent enhancement because that's what the definition is, or immune escape. You want to go to Gear Bandenbosch or you prefer Luc Montagnier? Take your pick. Yeah, you know what? I watched his um, Five Past Twelve. Well, I watched it. I, I fell asleep listening to it, and um, you know, I th I think he's been very much on the money um, since he first appeared, and oh, if he's right at the moment then uh, we're really about to enter a turbulent stage and that turbulent stage although it may be it may impact those who have tuned their immune response via these um, via this type of exposure this gene transfection exposure um, where it's not that it's not the end of it because it can still it can still this is my understanding it can still then come round even even if you think you've dodged that bullet come and evolve into into a sort of super strain that hits everyone and if that's true and I don't have the molecular or immunological chops to argue with him about that. To, to deny the well i mean there 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 is also um immune imprinting mm -hmm. you know or yeah, original antigenic sin mm -hmm. yep which has been proven um the other thing that um isn't given as much notice is glutathione depletion mm -hmm. especially among the elderly you know take that um, nap, folks yeah, bro like Glutathione, I didn't realize, man, like how serious it is. Like after after a certain period of time, your body stops making it, and then you have that finite portion. Well, whenever you elicit a CD8, you know, immunological response, you use a lot of glutathione. Yeah. Like glutathione itself is the lever upon which your adaptive immune system operates. It basically determines whether you're going to go with. Uh, you know, either the CH1 or CH2 pathway. So a humoral response versus a cellular response. So if you're using all the glutathione and deplete it, then there isn't even enough um, to elicit um, an adaptive humoral response, which is uh, highly indicated in uh, placental formation. You need to have... Someone said in the chat oh, they've been response. taking glutathione and it seems to be making a difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. If you're over the age of 40, like add it. The reason why NAC, the N-acetylcholine, I think, N-acetylcysteine, the reason why NAC is, is, is being recommended is because it gets transposed into glutathione. Yeah. There's another, uh, I think it's cysteine, is it? You have to have yeah. available as well. But, um, yeah, lemon yeah, I, I'm, I'm a... I'm an advocate for all these things, folks. Um, all, yep. all, all this stuff, the, the, the whatever you think is, is going to help. And I, I'm, I'm also of the opinion that people kind of know what's wrong with them, even if they don't want to admit it, right? And look, if you're a fat bastard and you ate all the pastries, like Daddy did today, they were tasty. Um, and, and and you know it's and it's a general supplement it's something which anyone can recommend to those who they love who have been vaccinated right you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to point to hey glutathione is a lever between you know 
in well, your adaptive immune system, your body uses it up, you should probably put some more in the tank just yeah. to make sure that everything's operating correctly. But we were in a situation where glutathione, uh, sorry, NAC was pulled from shelves. Now you have mm -hmm. to you have to ask yourself then. Well, in that instance, um, what did they know? What did they uh, know that would cause them to say you can't have NAC available at the Walmart or the whatever? Your chosen. The doctors. Yeah. The doctors, dude. And this low intensity conflict. Like the powers that be, the whole, you know, industrial complex, central bank, all that stuff's real. Okay. Uh, you just have to look uh, at reality <laughs> and what's happened. And if you can't acknowledge the fact that there is something going on, you know, against just the people, literally from those who have the power to inflict it in all manner possible. I don't know what to tell you, especially if you're one without faith. Wow. I really don't want to tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just doesn't look good, man. Does it? Whatever way you slice it. it no, it, it does look good. It looks good because this is, um, these oh, situations, for you, for you, but there are many people who I'm, I'm talking in the bigger gestalt of if, if they were planning this, to this level where they were they uh, so it comes down to what did they understand about this disorder right well they they understood it enough to patent it in 2017 yes yeah. <laughs> yeah and and tells me tells me that they understood the neural side of it at a very very fundamental level yeah you know and and, and not, not not enough uh, credit is given to the the chemokines the interleukins which are then dispersed yeah, you know, look, look around the chemokines to me is that like, I'm who was I talking to the other day, Charles, right? And he just, you know, I'm like, I, I'll, I'll wrestle with the molecular stuff, and um, but you know, my my area is systems neuroscience, right? I'm looking at the sort of global changes uh, and the oh, the electrophysiology, right? I wasn't, I wasn't so much a molecular kind of person because mm -hmm. I I've always I've always found the premise of what we what we describe as molecules it's not it's not what what's going on right these are you know, we've got one dimensional little cartoons of stuff and what we think they're doing and how they're interacting and we'll have an arrow connecting and I I don't think that that's what's going on I think it's a much more sort of dynamic um environment and um yeah uh, well, uh, Karma Doc is saying uh, she'd like to make uh, contact with you. Um, that's okay. awesome. Uh, you should. Sweet. Um, yes, let's get together, Karma Doc. Uh, that would be yeah, another. Maybe you can send me um, I will, their information. I will. Um, let me, maybe I can just, uh, oh, don't even have Karma Doc as a friend. That's odd. Didn't know that. Um, Um, let me take a sidebar on this real quick, because mm -hmm. I wanted to just, this is probably the scariest thing that I came across regarding uh, CD147 receptors mm -hmm. or Vasogen, right? Um, vascular cell dysfunction through CD147, so it's through the receptor that the cell dysfunction, right? 
independently from the infection, right? Because it's the spike protein which is mediating it. Um, elicits a cellular signaling through CD147 in cardiac parasite. Cardiac, hmm, heart, mm. parasites. Microvascular disruption. Right. And that's, it's, it's not like we don't see the signals in these domains, right? This, yep. is, this is the really, really frustrating component about all this. Well, yeah, because it's a, it's, a, it's a protonaceous infective article. This, like, a lot of people think that um, it, uh, pathology can only be initiated as a result of infection, right? And it requires RNA you know, being into DNA and all, all that process. Yeah, like the, and, the, like you must have like the whole virus for, to be um, to to be afflicted. I guess would be the way to, way to put it. And um, that's mm -hmm. not true. Once once you're in that disease state and things have kicked off, and chemokines are a good good example of that. That they they just cascade. I I I can't keep up with all the names of the chemokines and all that and bravo to anyone who who does put the the yep. effort in to um well sort of build that mental picture of the cascades and the i mean my like i say my i'm thinking higher order effects from my perspective and yep. and, and and here's a resource for anyone covidlonghaulers.com okay uh, because the person who has gone into the diagnostics and the biomarkers and does have a way for those who are experiencing long-haul COVID and still have the spike protein kind of doing things within their body. Bruce Patterson, right? He is the authority on long-haul, right? And he runs the site as well as Incel DX, which is the, the testing company that runs all the tests. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to throw this out there. Shout out to Bruce Patterson because he's done that work and he is the world authority on chemokines and what they do. Basically, he he said that non-classical monocytes, when expressed in the S1 subunit, um, are what's causing long-haul COVID, right? So it's the macrophage itself, right? So if you have autoimmune infections, isn't that, that's a, a there's the AI, the HIV, AIDS? Quiet immune deficiency syndrome. Yeah. Also, yeah. And, and which, which is also synonymous with antibody-dependent enhancement and also synonymous with immune escape. Okay. So well, there are a lot of words for the same thing. All of that is AIDS. It's the innate immune system becoming infected or presented with a protein that then causes further pathology. Right. Um, so I just uh, uh, shout I know out. What, you just reminded me about monocytes. Just give me uh, 20 seconds, dude. I've just got to dip out a sec. Okay. <laughs> <My bag. laughs> All right. I'm going to go over parasites real quick. Okay. So uh, ACE2 expression in human brain vascular parasites was increased upon S protein exposure. Which is odd because normally ACE2 is suppressed, but here they're saying it's increased. Okay. But the parasites themselves also underwent profound phenotypic changes associated with elongated and contracted morphology accompanied with an enhanced inspection of contrial and myofibrogenic proteins. Okay. I forgot my oh. uh, 
I forgot my chemokine dose for the day. <laughs> one more paragraph, man. One more paragraph. So here they're, they're going over um, what the S protein has been shown creating um, within brain parasites. And they're showing that there is an enhancement of this A smooth muscle, fibronectin, collagen, and neurogenic locus notch, right? So I'm wondering if that is um, neurological steroid lipofusin. If this this specifically here is that um, on a functional level, and this is where I think it relates to what you're saying, how there's a lot going on, especially when it comes to the um, like the charges and the ionic and the physics of it, because um, it promoted the acquisition the acquisition of calcium, which an acquisition of positive charges, um, which is which uh, is uh, in controlled bursts. Uh, the way that the cell does a lot of its intracellular signaling, but it's one of the first indicators that they look for for um, a network becoming dysregulated, extended calcium release. Yeah. Um, well, and then remember we discussed before how just you know um, cationic charges, positive charges themselves, can cause uh, apoptosis. Yeah. Right. So if yeah, you have the, an increase, the cell knows it's the same way something's wrong, right? And so yeah. it's better to um, shut yeah. itself down than, um, you know, if, if it's a locus for um, cells, uh, sorry, viral breeding, well, it, it, many intracellular um, parasites of forms of one form or another. Um, orc or baby orc or come on man yeah. positive charges induce uh, microtubule uh, morpho uh, morphological changes that explains why there there is um, um, a profound phenotypic changes because it's a change in the shape because of the charges because of the acquisition of positive charges and you may have um, the parasite mediated dysfunction happening as a as a cause of apop apoptosis because of the accumulation of those positive charges yep 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 yeah, man. <laughs> Applied science. Yeah. And, Nerdgasm. You know, <laughs> well, you know, there's a... The therapy, like deep brain stimulation, you know, there's... Um, what, are you, what are you doing? Right, because there's, there's some evidence that, although not a complete restorative therapy, that, that if you get in early enough with deep brain stimulation, it's it can act as... Um, it can be neuroprotective, mm -hmm. and in yeah, a sense, you're causing them to fire. yeah. Well, you 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 you're injecting in. Well, again, this depends on the contacts that you're using, whether that you're using anodal or cathodal and position. So geometry has a lot to do with the impact that you have on the network. And um, but yeah, if you're if you're changing the electrical profile of the network, and it's not just it's not just silencing the network either you can get um very very strong entrainment to signal pulses and um and so you're you're changing the internal not just internal but the the membrane electrical dynamics and um and it, it's a fascinating area of research and one that's ah you know what what was i someone put a link to it this week uh, the boring um MIT dude, Lex Friedman, that's mm -hmm. his name, right? He had um, Levitt on 
the he's this biologist who he got really famous a long time ago for these pictures of um the electrical currents uh sort of flashing across the faces of tadpoles and showing that it was the electrical it was the change in electrical dynamics within a region that sort of began the differentiation of anatomical structure as we knew it and mm -hmm. so it was it was less dependent on the on genes to gene gene to protein translation and then some some magic happening that caused the uh the limb to start appearing and uh, and stop when it was needed and there's a well you know whatever field structure exists around humans it 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 is important at a fundamental level that we're, I, I think we're maybe, maybe just starting to get a handle on, right? And yeah, if, if any, just as a sidebar, if people want to watch that, uh, I'd recommend that Lex Friedman podcast with, uh, with the bioelectrical guy. Very, very interesting. I wish I could speak to him. He's, uh, I should just reach out to him, but it is, uh, Fascinating, fascinating stuff. Anyway, I'm getting in the way. Very cool. Mm. Oh, good. Um, let's go back to the <laughs> topic at hand. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah. Um, so basically, informed consent um, and a risk-benefit analysis can only be given and provided, you know, for any active agent in the body, as well as any currently available vaccine ingredient. Because a lot of times what they'll say is, and we only have to give you informed consent for what's in the vaccine. Well, what's in the vaccine is not what is produced in the body. The spike protein is produced in the body, but it's not in the vaccine. The mRNA is, but the spike protein is not. Okay. Yeah, so uh, again, a, a distraction. So um, Matthew Crawford of Rounding the uh, Earth podcast, he had... Um, guy on who was basically trying to claim that all adverse events are a consequence of the lipid nanoparticle and th this it's it's thinking in absolute so i would really yeah. really encourage people not to not to get caught up in when you're trying to deal with really complex biology and <clears throat> we know that there's we know that there's expression of spike at areas in where we can see pathology after um, transfection, and mm -hmm. and they yeah, tend to be where lipid nanoparticles migrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, you, you wouldn't. I, I would never separate the two, right? It's no, part, it's part of a package. Well, yeah, because both are true. Mm. Yeah, mm. it is a package because mm. cationic charges can cause apoptosis. The mRNA and what it produces has its own pathology. They can both be true, right? We're not talking mutually exclusive in pathology. Well, they are mutually exclusive. They, actually, they are mutually exclusive pathologies, but they're pathologies they're, they're nonetheless. Together. And this is another yeah. thing that people um, don't get is that, you know, I, I'll often sort of talk about um, prion-like mechanisms and, and people <laughs> think proteins, but there's evidence that even... The, the RNA can be pre-energic and by 
extension, I would make the presumption that maybe DNA as well, free DNA can cause these issues. And when you think about it, what are they? These are these long sugar chains that are all charged. When they when they yep. begin to break down, it's gonna it's bumping around and causing all all types of. Well, yeah, here's here, here's another way. And we talked about this before. And you said that once it attaches, it doesn't let go to the alpha seven. Yeah, yeah, it's irreversible. You know, well, the thing is, I wonder if because it's irreversible, if it still cannot trigger the release of that esterase. Right. And this is one aspect, uh, one prionic mechanism, which has been observed. Okay. Because it does attach to alpha-7, right? There is a release of acetylcholine, esterase, right? This is the sequence within the spike protein that does it. The, the neurotoxin homolog to L, NL1, they tracked it down because there were antibodies appearing that are homologous that also show up here. Um, and hold on, I think it was, was it up here? Hold on, I need to, I need to run a quick little control F real quick. Um, uh, what was I looking for? I was looking for esterase. No, no, phospholipase. There we go. Oh, maybe it wasn't here. Maybe it was part two. I, I did. Doop. My bad. Complex topic, dude. Yeah. 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 So um, phospholipase, uh, for those who don't know, uh, are enzymes that break down phospholipids in the, in the body. Well, phospholipids make up every cell membrane of every cell in your body. So they found that in um, samples of severe COVID, right, especially mortal, that there was an increased phospholipase. So what's the mechanism? So looking at not, um, not, venom, not venom in the water, folks. Just it's not it's not venom in the water. It's your it's your own body's mechanisms which are being triggered to, in essence, turn into acid and dissolve itself. <laughs> because what happens is called the CMC balance. As as it attaches to alpha seven and it pings the release of esterase. Well, the esterase is there to break down acetylcholine, but there's no acetylcholine in, within the synaptic cleft, so that esterase lingers there. Okay. And when that esterase, when there's a concentration of, of esterase within the synaptic cleft, the body will necessarily start increases, increasing its production of phospholipase, you know, to break down the esterase. Yeah. But if it reaches a certain concentration, then it's literally breaking down the cell membrane of, you know, what's it called? A paracrine action. There you go. That's the word for you. Paracrine. Paracrine. Yeah. So that's what that's and that's just one method. That's just one thing, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you right. know, I would I would remind people of this um, illnesses, you know, will have multiple mechanisms and cascades and it, a lot depends on the individual and many, many, many factors. So, yeah. um, you know, one or one or two uh, distinct mechanisms is not to be. Um, uh, so, be surprised at but when when we start seeing how many are present within SARS and in this particular instance and again I don't I don't think that like I say everyone fixating on death 
is to miss the bigger picture here, which is that if you get caught in that reaction, say you only go halfway up that, you know, that sort of logarithmic type um, surge, you're still going to be messed up. It's going to take a long, long time for your body to re readjust and recalibrate. And it's, you're unlikely to be back to uh, your pre pre-infected self. And uh, yeah, we, we just fall down the uh, the pathway of how how much did they understand this state, and what were they what were they trying to leverage? How deliberately was it trying to be leveraged? And everything about SARS just points to me points to that um, long or, or the extended inflammatory process the the breakdown or the impact on the nervous system and yeah there's there's your incapacitating agent all there all wrapped <laughs> up with a bow and and, yep. and you've got people right now they'll say long covid isn't a thing i'm like holy shit department <laughs> of hhs disagrees with you <laughs> the federal government already agrees disagrees with them it's already like the existence is and it it, it's like, really beyond doubt it's miserable for people right and i know i've been through it twice now right and it's only the second time because i i knew what what to expect kind of that i just sort of shuffle through it right it wasn't such a i wasn't taken down so much compared to the first time right when i was much younger and you know when you're young and stupid and you just got all that oh, it seems like infinite energy to burn and but yeah, it, ch it changes people's lives, and to I I don't like people diminishing that um, that aspect of it. Now, do we turn the world upside down for it? No, we shouldn't. Um, I think just an awareness of what it what it is, and um, you know, I guess you I guess I get you get into issues around how is that person disabled? Um, do the do the legalities with respect to um, handicapped people apply to someone who has uh, these types of conditions apply? Uh, it's, yes. It's all very, very complex. And again, it comes, it's the ethics, uh, the yeah. ethical framework. The answer to, the fun, to that last question you answer is yes, it does apply according to the law because long COVID is defined as a disability under the American with Disabilities Act and has been recognized as such by the Department of HHS, Health and Human Services. Mm -hmm. I'll also spoil your initial um, you know, questions and musings by saying, well, patents just don't show up in nature, much less human codon optimized ones. Let's see the thing about this is that it's human codon optimized. It's optimized for the human system. How the hell does a human codon optimized gene expression or protein um, naturally evolve, much less 19 codons naturally? Normally you have three codons, you don't have 19. Okay. Um, all of a sudden change, you know, miraculously in a wet market. You know, let's say out of a bat's cloaca or something like that. I think it was a joke. <laughs> in, in a wet market in China, get the fuck out of here, man. This is bullshit. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, look, you know, much of our discussion revolves around Fauci, Moderna, all the, the all the 
particular cast of characters as well. But it it doesn't mean that I want to let China off the hook in in this particular instance. Um, well, no, but Moderna owned the lab. Oh, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, let's let's go after those we have jurisdiction. Yeah, that and that's for. that's that's the point I always try to make. Is it's not that I want to let. That, that you know for sure the chinese are up to no good for sure i can't do anything about them i don't speak fucking mandarin oh no i'm now i'm swearing already um but i i do speak english i can follow the science and i can follow the networks and the patents and the the publications to see who's responsible who had a who had a finger in this and or a hand and even if you didn't have a hand and you were part of a narrative control network that tried to cover it up, you're going to pay. You will Think pay. About it. Think about it this way. This biotechnology was so dangerous that DARPA threw a moratorium on it and told the NHS to quit. So they took this lethal biotechnology and gave it to the United States number one geostrategic adversary. You have got to be out of your fucking mind. I mean, really. All because health, all because we have to have this capability. We have to have this capability and do the research in China. Are you stupid? We're worried about other people, you know, getting their hands in this research and what they might do with it. So you do it in China. Mm. frustrating boggles the mind Mm. and at its heart in the end the reason all this information is coming is coming out and the reason that and the end result that everyone is trying to get to is a legal recognition and validation that the spike protein itself is a biologic toxin yep Right. Let me just get that legal definition first. Let's get that, and then everything else will follow, man. I really think that this could be like the most important um, filing in the states right now. Yeah, I'm with I'm Uh, with you, dude. And again, this isn't a uh, you're not doing the what's it called civil suit where you're trying to gold dig, etc. This is this is about establishing in the law, and this is the way that it needs to be. done and addressed the uh, the, like i say all all those that are thinking in civil suits and money burn those people they're they're not Mm -hmm. they're not going to help right because what will happen is their cases will get dismissed right and you know the court it all depends on well they're asking for different things you know their their cases are specific to their issue and how it is that they feel is best to fight it. Like me with mandates, I love mandates. Give me a mandate. If you have a mandate right now and you aren't suing for informed consent, shame on you. The mandate gives you, because the, the government has made it mandatory, it gives you like extra oomph, gets you, gives you extra standing, gives you an extra cause to go against those who are issuing those mandates to provide you informed consent, whether they be a private company saying you have to get this in order for you to keep your job, whether this be uh, a private public school or, or a public, not private public, a private or public school 
that is requiring children to get this experimental technology. Okay, well, give me informed consent. We'll get the vaccine. No, no, no. Before, you have to give me this. You have to have informed consent prior to any, any medical procedure. Ask for it. Your rights are only as good as you are asserting them. Don't fall victim. That weapon can just as easily be turned against those who are wielding it. Don't forget that. Okay. Yeah, and you know, this is a shout out to Richard Fleming for continuing to do what he's doing, which is pursue criminal cases and charges based on the extant biology as we know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And the patents and everything, everything from a legal perspective, I would argue, not from scientific perspective, <laughs> let's, let's put it that way, um, <laughs> points that, that, that there's an overwhelming burden of proof that we're, de we're dealing with something synthetic, that they colluded to hide that fact up. And for some reason, some reason decided to pull the trigger on this being, or, or gene transfection being the only route out of the current state and yeah it, it, I, I don't think it's gone like they were expecting and why they did it I don't know because no. they're ignorant to nature they're against nature mm. they are toxic to life I expect nothing from sociopaths much less reason and compassion in terms of things that are being you know artificial yeah. shit yeah Methyl pseudouridines, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, specifically designed to avoid your innate immune system. Well, where does this go after your body breaks it down? Well, it gets attached to other it things. It does, doesn't break it down either, right? They're, they're finding it, it um, weeks and weeks later at the, at yep. the minimum. And actually, that's something that the rodents will be able to help us with is just um let's just keep jabbing them and then um leave them a few months and then see if we can find where, 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 where this point came up more than anything else was in the expression of hepatitis in children due to an adenovirus mm. adenovirus was the vector used in johnson and johnson yeah and they were saying that there's like this a mutant strain which is infecting kids' um, livers and is causing inflammation. Well, inflammation of the liver is hepatitis. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you have these these mutant adenovirus um, pathogens which are now floating. I don't know what their half life is. You know, at least to the children, <laughs> in terms of but an I think exposure. There is a half life with these agents, though. They because they yeah. just keep they just keep adapting and recombining. That's this this is where the real danger lies, and yep. the, the blase attitude that they've taken to. And again, none of this biology was unknown, and that's that's really what bothers me because it 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 really really. It points to sort of malice of forethought in what's occurred here, and yep. um, that's that should just disturb everyone. Whichever side of the aisle you find yourself, it should it should disturb you that there's there's people thinking like that all the time. And yep. 
Anyway, we're not we're not talking about the uh, results of your competition, <laughs> right. bro. So let's uh, let's jump back. Um, so uh, let's see. There were there were a couple things that I had asked um, within the email. You know, it wasn't just a recognition of the spike protein. I spoke with the ta- state toxicologist for a good thirty minutes, and he's like, "Well, I got to let epidemiology know." So, you know, I notified VDH of a healthcare-associated infection related to a reportable disease, right, which is unusual disease of public health threat. Requested Texas Nation of the spike protein as a, as a toxic substance. And requested epidemiology be notified, as well as toxicology for their designation as well, right? And they said, no, no consent forms are currently being used for COVID-19 vaccination of the U.S. public. There are no federal requirements for informed consent process for non-research use of any vaccines. Details of this particular issue are available on the CDC website. Here are the fact sheets, man. This is what they say qualifies as informed consent. This fact sheet. What you need to know. What it is, fact you know, like, have, have found that these fact sheets <laughs> say whatever we've paid them to say. Yeah. But ultimately, ultimately, it also says for state and local regulations, check with your local or state health department. Wow. Yeah, where do I go, man? Where do I go? They, they, we got people pointing either way. Yeah. You know, yeah. but. Well, but the thing is, it's it's a good um, tautology to catch people in, right? That they'll ping back and forth between the two now, and a lot of people are not going to again navigate around that particular obstacle. It's a little little um, hidden reef they've put in the the way to use. uh, We can use seafaring vernacular, right? Yep, needles and haystacks, but that's okay. I mean, you take what they give you follow up right if it says what what it says well okay but sometimes you find nuggets and that is a nugget because there's a reason that the cdc is pointing me back to local and state health departments because federal courts have ruled that vaccine mandates and related distribution regulations rest within state police powers right the state jurisdiction applies to all policies related to non-economic activity zooked v king is the uh the case Long COVID recognized by HHS as a disability, Section 504 and Section 1557. I asserted my right to receive informed consent. They denied my right to receive it. They cited the ruling authority as Section 564, which it says, you know, they offered fact sheets. They're not sufficient for informed consent as well as Section 564. Admissions made by respondents recognize my Exhibit A as qualifying for informed consent. They are not offering my exhibit nor the information contained therein for their own statutory duties as it relates to responding to virus of public health threat and debilitating sequelae, such as long COVID, for informed consent. Not in dispute. They're bound by this other statute where they shall provide further surveillance of an investigation and they misrepresent the allegations in bad faith. And bad faith means fraud. That's, you use bad faith in a, in a legal term, especially when you can point it out. 
Whether it be negligence or not, I don't care. Not my problem. Right? So legal standard, this is the rule for summary judgment. I just have to say, um, have you have you done your 10 letters to the what uh, mean? Your attorney general, the, the campaign by uh, Richard to um, help bring criminal charges to various ne'er-do-wells? Not yet, but I tell you what, after this is uh, established, I may have... Uh, I, the whole point of this is to establish legal standing for further suit. So maybe in the future, but not with this. No, that's it. Not, not with this, but um, it's it's something to think about as a as a next step, right? It, it is. I think that at least I pray that once this is decided upon, and um, you know, found in my favor, then public policy will follow. That's my prayer. You know, because in essence, the first domino would have fallen. Well. You know. Hope they don't uh, stretch it out too long. How, how, how yeah. long do you think that there is till? There's a, I mean, your first one was done quickly, the man Damus, but. Yep. So they have until October 26 to respond. I will have 10 days from um, their response to answer it. Once that is in, we'll have a complete record. The judge at any time can issue a decision. Right now, I can get yay or nay, you know, for or against. A judge can choose at any point in time. Um, more than likely, uh, after my answer, we'll, we'll go to oral arguments. I'm probably going to be called to Richmond to argue in front of the judge on this one. Uh, I know, that's it, Ivan. First time I yeah. tried sushi there. <laughs> Fond memories, fond memories. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, in conclusion, sovereign immunity does not apply, right? I cited the same case. They're not immune from suit for sovereign immunity, for declaratory judgment. Um, a party has met its burden of proof will be upheld unless it is plainly wrong or without evidence to support it. Right, so burden of proof, you have to have an argument which is not plainly wrong, and you have to have evidence. Okay. Reversing a judgment or a plea in bar that the court sustained without evidence to support it. Um, I seek to compel state officials to perform their duties and is not an action against the state. They've offered no evidence to support their plea of sovereign immunity, does not apply. No evidence to support their plea and therefore must be denied. Have a direct justiciable interest. Here are all the cases. Right? Demira overruled because a justiciable controversy existed. Declaratory judgment was appropriate. I stated a claim and alleged that he sought determination of, of his rights. Okay? So this is the language of the case, but I'm kind of churning it within the narrative of myself and what I'm seeking. Okay? So the controversy must be one that is justiciable. Again, this is just this is other cases. What I'm doing is I'm binding the judge to what others have already found. In a legal argument, you want to give case law. Right? Yeah. So North so uh, circuit courts have authority to make a binding adjudications of right, which is what I'm asking. 
when there is an antagonistic assertion and denial of right, that's the that's the law, right? But you see why I use those facts, because those facts match the legal arguments that I then make later on. Okay. Uh, the trial court did not err in applying a grieved person, at a grieved party, just to interest. This is a, this is a distinction without difference. Okay. I don't have to wait until my right has been violated. So the fact that I did get them to violate it, and so you know, is kind of extra. And I'm trying to get them to stop violating it, both now and in the future. So preventive relief is the moving purpose, even if it was to to, to get them to stop doing it in the future. At least in Virginia. Okay. It's remedial, liberally to be interpreted and administered. Interpreted, interpreted. <laughs> um, it can proceed both in law or chancery. So both in matters of right or rem matters of remedy, contract law. Okay. Yeah. Um, assertions denial. So I asserted my right to receive informed consent. Respondents denied. I establish myself as an aggrieved party, have a just direct justice of interest, seeking to afford relief upon a, a controversy over legal rights within the framework of a declaratory judgment. I have standing, and demur must be denied. Okay, summary judgments, real quick. Okay, the terms and purposes of informed consent. So, terms and purposes. Remember here, I highlighted that. Was it? So, was um, yeah, Rafalco. This is this is a case law that I'm referencing. Right. right. Federal courts have mandated uh, again anyone screenshot here's here is right here is are the federal cases right here. These are the federal cases that um, have shown uh, vaccine related distribution is within the jurisdiction of the states. NFIB v. Sebelius and Zooks v. King. These are federal rulings. You can use them in a state in case anyone wants to get away and, and, and play, oh, FDA, OCDC is with federal jurisdiction. No, it's not. Since 1922. Reinforced in 2012. Okay. Okay. So, Executive Directive 2 is like an executive order, but it's for, um, for like the state government. And it says, and this is from the governor, he says to ensure that every Virginia has access to the information necessary to make an informed decision. Mm. Oh, that's nice. This is your administrative policy. Announced January 20th. How about that? The legality of an ordinance is tested not only by what has been done, but what may be done. Okay. Although the board had not yet imposed restrictions on the plaintiffs. It claimed it had the power to do so. And the claim of power threatened the plaintiffs. Therefore, a controversy within the declaratory judgment existed. Like here. I'm testing both what can and cannot be done. Do, do you have legal training prior to this? Are you um, anything at all? Or you're just a... Uh... The yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of an autist. I have okay. placed um, a funny story. So I, I got pulled over for making an illegal U-turn 
Um, luckily, yeah, you've uh, I know. This is a funny story. So I, I was delivering pizzas at the time. Um, in a not, <laughs> yeah, not, not so great part of town. If anybody knows uh, downtown Newport News, that's uh, in Virginia. It's not the best areas. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, during this shift, like it was either the day or like one or two days, um, one of my coworkers had been shot no shit. Like, on the job, bro. So I'm driving down the road pizza. and I see my man, I'm driving down the road and I see all these damn flashing lights and I'm like, I don't want any part of that. And I whoop a Huey, and the guy says, ooh, you made an illegal U-turn. I'm like, I don't consent to that statute, right? Because in order for a law to exist, it requires consent of the governed. The Congress passes statutes, which is implied consent of the governed. So you, but you did the free man on the land jiu-jitsu there. With, uh... I did. I kind of did in that one. Yeah. I said, you know, and he said, well, get out of the car. And I'm like, no. And then he called his corporal over. His corporal says, I need you to lower the window. I'm like, you know, the window's fine. You know, he's like, I need, he starts yelling, I need you to step out of the car right now. He opens the door and, and I say, before he's, I say, um, I am comfortable right where I am. <laughs> this cup. It's like, right. He opens the door, trying to try and pulls me out. I have the, uh, my seatbelt on and he tries to do a wrist lock but i follow him the entire way like in order for a wrist lock to take place you need to pull back but i never did so i just followed him the whole way never resisted um the one that pulled me over opens the door i smile at him i pop the seatbelt and do the camelong technique um they uh he takes me out of the car puts me in handcuffs pats me down he says you don't have a license on you because I knew if I have a license on me and that creates legal joinder with illegal fiction and then he can just proceed as, you know. So I told him, I said, uh, well, you'll find one in the glove compartment. And then deputy went in. Well, I didn't say that he could. So that's a legal search and seizure. Um, he put me in the police car and then said, I'm going to do you a favor and call you a tow truck uh, because I was working. Uh, at this point, he's expecting me to freak out. And I say, uh, well, I, I say, I appreciate it, you know. Uh, so they take my car and then he asks me the magic words. He says, do you understand? Blah, 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 blah. And you say no. my, my, well, my response was verbatim. I comprehend that when you ask me whether or not I understand what you're really asking me is whether I choose to stand underneath the statute that you're attempting to enforce. And throughout this entire episode, the answer to that question is unequivocally no. <laughs> Bravo, dude. Yes, sir. I mean, man, to, to stay cool under those circumstances. And uh, I mean, did you have any like weapons or part of anything on you? Did you? Only my mind, brother. Only your mind. Yeah. Yep. We went down to the um, to the sheriff. Sheriff's deputy says, you must want to go to jail. Why are you here? I'm like, well, hell if I know. You tell me. He, the cop goes into the magistrate. He says, the reason that I um, I arrested him is because he didn't sign the summons. And I'm like, well, she says, do you have anything to say for yourself? And I was like, well, the whole reason that uh, he, he says he arrested me is because I failed to sign the summons. But notice of arrest was given prior to summons ever being issued. So he just perjured himself. <laughs> she's like oh well that's another charge I'm like what the, what the fuck do you mean she's like uh she goes in obstruction of justice without threatening use of force 
Long story short, I lose in district court with a public defender. I immediately appeal to circuit court, which is real court. The cop doesn't show. I get shuffled around to three different courtrooms. My uh, public defender writes a motion to dismiss, and the first sentence is, Mr. Pena was seen by police making an illegal U-turn. <laughs> so, with my, with my own ass on the line, I researched this, and I wrote my own um, nine-page motion to dismiss. I got my lawyer to withdraw. Oh, we lost you, bro. Can you, can you hear me? Oh, we just lost you. Right, right at the... Oh, I was just edging it. There, we lost it. I'll read some uh, comments uh, whilst he's uh, trying to get back. Um, let, me, let me just... It is, it is working. Uh, just write in the chat if you want me to try calling you back, dude. All right. Uh, Jay Thomas writes... Uh, oppressed citizen help help i'm being oppressed uh we're all being oppressed uh satan is writing the script yes uh the hospitals kill people i've worked in hospitals i'm astounded and horrified how things have changed um let's see uh, cdc is advisory they can't decide informed consent the illegal eua will be an umbrella that's uh, interesting to know. Quiet, Coney. Thank you. Uh, the US is sending 24 million more of arms to Ukraine. 20, 27 million what? Bullets? That's not so many. Interesting how many people follow Kev that have worked in the medical system. Um, yeah, there, there's there's quite a few. Uh, ISP just dropped. Um, let's see if he gets back on the call. Uh, texting you via cell. Okay. Um, Oh, you back? Uh, yeah, I'm on the cell phone. My my ISP just dropped. No shit, dude. <laughs> uh, they're watching you. <laughs> didn't didn't want uh, you spilling the goods on their uh, on their uh, theater. Yep. So, um, yeah, man, uh, this is so you you got, got to you got to a, a nine page dismissal and you been shuttled okay, around through yeah. different courts and then it sort of broke up yeah it was it was it was not processed it was thrown out because there wasn't legal sufficiency and then uh, after all said and done um the court was so nice to even refund me the 85 dollars that i had paid to get the whole thing expunged <laughs> oh nice that's uh sometimes the courts do work and all, all that with uh Oh, you gone again? God, that's uh. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what's. Uh... Are you hitting cool. like the disconnect button with your cheek? No, it can't. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Screen's back on, bro. Sweet. Um. So, yeah. So nine-page motion to dismiss got it removed and that was my introduction to the law that's how i first learned how to um research the law you know and it's all reason and logic and i am very logically based yeah my my uh first foray into that domain was the tv license in the uk <laughs> <laughs> access access for whatever denied implied uh, yeah, implied yeah. right of access denied <laughs> and i don't have a tv <laughs> fuck off 
was that was it basically. I never had to pay TV license again. <laughs> In the UK? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. You gonna get one? What TV license? No. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have the same system in Japan, but um, we don't watch Japanese TV, right? Oh. Like, like all the screens downstairs, are to, it's basically just a PC with multiple monitors, and I'll sit there reading something. The kids will watch something on YouTube, and um, they've tried knocking and asking for uh, license, whatever the NTL, whatever the main broadcaster is, but. Um, no, I, I refuse to pay it. I'm not paying for that silage to come into my house. It's bad enough with the internet, right? And yeah, there, there, at least you're sort of clicking on, you know, what it is that you're doing. It's more interactive, I guess. The filth is more interactive. <laughs> <laughs> Smother yourself better in it. Yep. All right. Happy pick. So, um,. Statutes and jurisprudence provide that notwithstanding a broad grant of discretion mm. or one specifically limited only by bad faith. In those words, a court is vested with the authority to evaluate whether the trust actions were consistent in terms and purposes of the trust and in the best interests of the beneficiaries. If they were not, it's an abuse of discretion. This is how you get over. We, we don't have to because. We can do what we want because we have discretion. It's against terms of purpose. Human research, definition, any systematic investigation, including research development, right? utilizing human subjects, develop or contribute to generalized knowledge. So it's not just it's not just on the thing, it's also general as well. At least in Virginia. What informed consent is, right? Lost you again. Ah. Uh, oh, you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you dropped out okay. for a second. Yeah, I got, I got you back. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm probably being pinged. Um. Uh. So basically, when it releases an MCM, or relies on emergency response stakeholders. They have to define the access mechanism, right? Providing an access me access mechanism is separate from providing informed consent, right? Yeah. The reason it provides it. Okay. State police powers govern policies implementation. A lot of this stuff is, and then it starts to become redundant. And and redundancy is proof because it doesn't change, right. right? It's not within state police powers to deny private citizens the right to informed consent because doing so would be a reversal of USA v. Carl Brandt, also known as the doctor's trials, and resulted in the creation of the Nuremberg Code that served as the inspiration for informed consent laws, foundational to medical ethics, and the withholding of such codified as a war crime. War crimes, people. Yeah, man. This this is what I'm telling people. I was telling Porky Pig yesterday. We we're gonna get you on uh, war crimes, crimes against humanity. You, uh, yes, sir. You, you you don't get to you don't get to engage in these acts and think you're gonna get away with it and um, yep. be part of these systems. No way, no how. It's not how it yep. works. The big take the big takeaway here is that the Nuremberg Code has no legal effect. Okay, there are state statutes. And then there is USA v. Carl Brandt, which is the case. So if you want to cite the Nuremberg Code, cite USA v. Carl Brandt. That's the case. That's the doctor's trials. Nuremberg Code came after. Okay? 
but the 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 laws are there and and codified in the Helsinki Declaration and all. Um, we all this framework is extant. It's just it's just about laying the charges on the on the right people, and like, like I say, this is why it's so important to be doing the you know keeping a record of who's who's doing what on social media etc and um they will um well as as much as is possible um start subpoenaing the company well i think a lot is companies that are paying um people to be part of these control networks we know that we know that that number's in the what was it hundred thousand the un the UN had employed like a hundred thousand fact checkers and whatnot within the just just around COVID, right? So all all their alts and who they are on Twitter, etc. Um, if they're linked to these companies and organisations, if they get into court, we'll find out who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a there's a trail. Yeah. So the terms and purposes outlined in Title 32, Chapter 5.1, which are these codes, house these codes, right? Outline the legal requirements that VDH is charged with under the federal section, under the same Executive Directive 2 and Governor Youngkin's COVID action plan. He has an action plan, and in it he says you have to, you have to give information in releasing a medical countermeasure to a virus. Okay. What requirement of EOAs? Again, the way that benefits and risks are unknown. And the requirements under 564 mirror Virginia's informed consent statutes. They apply. I have a right to receive informed consent. Right. They misstated material facts in bad faith. Respondents cannot claim immunity from enforcing laws and duties as they're legislatively and administratively defined, especially when informed consent statutes, both state and Section 564, clearly indicate private persons, as only private persons may be injected with experimental medical technology or be exposed to viral pathogens of public health threat, justifying emergency powers being exercised by the state in concert with the federal government and within the jurisdiction of state police powers, as federal courts have already found. Respondents have a responsibility to provide informed consent. Hey, did you did you see that lawyer today? Oh, I saw the story today in Texas, basically trying to push the law. They're using that 1905 law where the they forced an individual smallpox. Not, yeah, but I think it was around smallpox, but he didn't take it. But he had to take the fine. But it was a ten dollar fine. Five dollar, I think, was it? But equivalent right. to like a hundred and fifty dollars, some something. <laughs> um, I don't know whether one hundred and fifty dollars back then would have been. Well, I imagine it would would have hurt. But um, the uh, this woman. Let me let me just see if I grab the link. Um, but literally, a professor arguing that. Um, that these rights are surrendered for the in in light of the public good. Yeah, I do have it. So let's just see if I. You can. know what? And that could be the case, but it doesn't remove their responsibility to provide informed consent. Let me just see, share my screen with you. Um, let's see what this bitch is saying. 
You're going to share your screen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe you can. I, I don't know what the lag is like on the stream. Can you can you hear the stream? I can. I'm going to stop streaming mine if you're going to go onto the screen. Yeah. Um, is that patient gone? You see the, the lady on Twitter? Yep. Tell me if you can hear it. I can't. Well, I can hear you. The United States has already seen the reemergence of the polio virus in addition to an outbreak of monkeypox, the latter of which has already been declared a federal public health emergency. Both diseases have safe and effective vaccines that have been proven to control the transmission of these dangerous viruses. However, if the unvaccinated become a protected class, the spread of such diseases is yeah, you're a fucking protected class now, dude. That's uh, interesting. Is likely to escalate. Fourth, and this is not the final reason, but it's my final reason today, classifying unvaccinated individuals as a protected class is also legally inconsistent with the history of vaccine mandates. Mandatory vaccines are, by their nature, an intrusion into individual autonomy and bodily integrity. But the right to individual autonomy is not absolute and may be limited in circumstances where individuals pose a risk to others. In the context of COVID-19, the risk of transmission and harm to others is great. Particularly, well, her, her fucking arguments just fall at the. Uh, it doesn't stop transmission. So, but um, for real, this. Uh, who puts these people in charge, man? Particularly for at-risk individuals and communities. The Supreme Court, as we also heard earlier, held in 1905 that there are justifications when such intrusions are necessary, and it is essential to continue to abide by this precedent. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, citizens have used the legal system to enforce COVID-19 restrictions and, conversely, to argue against them. Efforts to declare the unvaccinated a protected class is just one weapon in an anti-vaccine advocate's arsenal that could severely limit our ability to control highly transmissible and dangerous diseases. Countering these efforts will be a prolonged but necessary process to safeguard the public health. Thank you. All the weasels clapping, huh? Um... <laughs> there you go, dude. Um, I, I love the taste of boot leather. Yeah, <laughs> really. Right on, right on your neck. That's uh, um, unreal. Yeah, uh, quite uh, quite stunning. Oh, that just uh, what, what am I trying to do? I need to share your screen. Oh, I need. Well, I think. Hold on a second. I need to get back on then. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, folks, uh, all uh, stream processing is uh, available to you. Should you wish to support, this is a informative stream. Um, and again, I'm if we can't if we can't fight them in the courts, what we get, we're going to end up looking like Ukraine. Is that it? Is that is that what we do? Just warfare everywhere, bloodshed. Um, I hope that's not the case. Burn it down, but burn it down metaphorically with the courts. <laughs> Uh, why don't I see your screen? Oh, it popped out. That's why. 
Uh, we we still got you. Yep, I'm still up. In my screen. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's my mistake. Right. I'm clicking on the wrong. No problem. Thing. Yep, yep, yep. We got you. Cool. So, are you still with me? I heard yeah, a yeah, yeah. sound. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, this thirty-two dot nine subsection A. Um. I'm arguing binds them to update informed consent because it's separate from informed consent. What they're saying is that, or what they may say, or, you know, and actually did argue is that this section kind of exempts them, but they, so that's what they say anyway. Um, so consequential or incidental relief may be obtained in an action in which a declaratory judgment is sought. The failure to seek incidental relief in a suit for declaratory judgment does not constitute or bar other proceedings that enforce the rights determined by the judgment. Whether such proceeding is by petition filed in that cause or in a separate and independent action. Okay. 32.1162.17 exempts activities of the Virginia Department of Health conducted pursuant to this section. However, respondents have never argued any of their current operations are being conducted under this section and therefore are not entitled to an exemption from providing informed consent. However, even if an exemption were recognized, VDH would still be bound under this section. Surveillance of investigation into all preventable diseases and academics. There is no instance where VDH or its commissioner are providing for the surveillance of and investigation into all preventable diseases and epidemics in this commonwealth and the means of prevention if respondents continue to ignore the biologic toxicity of the spike protein while those whose health they are charged with protecting are injected with an experimental serum known to create a biologic toxin in the body without notice. The section would necessarily inform and require an update of EDH's COVID-19 disclosures to the biologic toxicity, both for the spike protein itself, as well as any substance creating the toxic spike protein in the body, with the information contained in Exhibit A. As respondents have contained that it contains all the information that informed consent would provide. Their admission necessitates an answer to questions as to why VDH or the commissioner, acting in his official capacity, would choose to ignore and deny the information as a means to provide petitioner with answers to his questions as per informed consent statutes, section 32.39, statute 9, section 564, as to the biologic toxicity of the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2, meaning a declaratory judgment of a recognition of my rights under this section qualify as consequential or incidental relief. So that I just smashed their relief valve. Okay? And then I conclude it with the Virginia Constitution that laws should not be suspended, that all power of suspending laws or the execution of laws by any authority without consent of the representatives of the people is injurious to their right and ought not be exercised. That's the Constitution. Section 7 of Virginia, right? Ignoring or failing to implement a duly adopted regulation or statute has the same practical effect as actively issuing a directive suspending the enforcement of a law. Virginia Attorney General. To permit respondents to issue a directive that suspends or ignores the law would grant respondents a suspending power that has been denied the, denied the English king since at least 1689 and would render the take care clause of the Virginia Constitution a mere nullity. Virginia Attorney General. 
And then these are all my other rights that are clear rights implicated, claimed, and reserved by me in the Virginia Constitution. So I've thus denied them a suspension power. I provided assent that they shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. That's Article 5, Section 7. That's what they're bound by. That's the defining aspect of the executive branch in the Virginia Constitution. I seek to compel officials to perform their duties, not an action against the state. Sovereign immunity does not apply. Establish myself a grief party. Direct your sociable interest. Seeking relief upon a controversy over legal rights. The FDA provided an access mechanism to MCM is separate from providing informed consent in line with Section 564 for choosing to implement, for choosing, it was their choice to implement this technology in Virginia. Okay? They have responsibilities. Okay? Section 564, ED2, consequential to 32.1-39. Long COVID being a life-threatening, debilitating, direct sequelae of a virus of public health threat would necessarily compel respondents to inform petitioner with what they acknowledge qualifies for informed consent, i.e. my petition, by acknowledging the biologic toxicity of the spike protein and providing notice of a healthcare-associated infection. For the foregoing reasons, I win. Proceed and try more. And that's where we're at right now. It's a Very huge cool, update. dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, uh, I, I salute your, uh, your legal jiu-jitsu. I'm asking. Uh, how old are you, dude? 42. Okay. You know, you've been around the block a couple of times then. A couple of times. <laughs> that's, uh, you look young yeah. in your, your, um, that was seven years ago, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm telling you, it's half decades for me. I reached that half decade point, and then suddenly there's like a... <laughs> 35 to 45 is a big difference. And uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling when I hit 55. <laughs> it's going to be... I'm on, I'm on my last decade, probably, when I get to 55. i got 10 more to go. Yeah. Well, that's, so. that's awesome, dude. And... Um, yeah, again, very, very impressed. And um, you should put the links for uh, everything again in the chat. Um, let me just uh, well, scan the chat for questions. Okay. Yeah, any questions? Um, I'm just looking. Uh, someone's saying, don't re don't resist police at all. No, don't. Don't. When, when they've got hold of you, man, <laughs> you start going, yeah, you'll get hammered. Uh, yeah. Police are militarized now. I agree with that. Canadian police trained Azov. Is that true? Probably. Uh, There's a lot of foreign training of Ukrainians going on right now. Uh, the brass is all NATO, so probably. How does Japan enforce? Japan doesn't. It's all volu It's all peer pressure, actually. So um, within work, and it's less of an issue now, but before it used to be like jobs for life and you would have to, you would, you know, what the boss did, you did. And, um, but they've, they were quite adamant that a company didn't have the right to ask their employees what their vaccine status was. So it's been very light touch here in Japan. And hmm. again, it, this, 
it seems like an oasis of calm in what looks it, what I perceive to be as very turbulent elsewhere. And you know, I can all all I can say is I wish. Well, look, in Japan, everyone wears masks. Um, so you know, there's a there's a lot of conformity. No one really objects to masks, etc. Um, I have for my kids. Um, I don't. Uh, But that's their culture, bro. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change that. And you know, when in Rome, man, <laughs> it was it was the Romans. Um, I think if you I think if you go stomping around Japan, trying to tell them what to do, um, it's just as insulting as well. I don't know. Think think of your think of your favorite demographic that's come in and usurped your. Your rights to uh, to peaceful existence, and then uh, apply the same metric. Uh, don't forget the new system where individuals have no protections. I don't think we have no protections, and I think Anthony is doing a very very good job of sh showing that um, you do have rights. If you don't use them, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, take go back, listen to this stream again. I know it's very long form, it's very detailed, but he laid out step by step what he did and i presume you're um easy to uh reach right i am um uh discord is probably the best uh if you want to reach me uh you can also go to the contact page on the american um, foundation for informed consent i will take emails at uh forward questions here at gmail.com if you wanted to give a call, 757-690-1531, uh, we'll reach the foundation. Please leave a message. I will call you back you if you wanted to talk. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, Rabbit Girl says, Anthony, I lord your knowledge. I agree. Crystal Shaman says, words are swords. Well, the pen is mightier than the sword. The, pro the problem is, is when, if you don't use those pens, the swords come out. That's the problem. Exactly. And the pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah. It is by the pen that one may summon thousands of swords. Uh, 76 Sally says the UN employed 100,000 fact checkers. Yep. Uh, I think it was people, uh, not, not just bots. Uh, let's see. I dare say the UN fact checkers are not good guys. Uh, <laughs> that would be a fair assumption. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, check the UN Convention on Human Rights to work in brotherhood with their fellow man no individual rights is that true? Mm. is that true? no well, it, I, it, it may be true I'm, I'm subscribing to the Egyptian declaration on human rights then uh, I'm I'm conscribing to the American <laughs> bill of rights yeah man you know it's the only constitution in the world which acknowledges um, the power of the creator and gives it to the people and recognizes the people as a sovereign specifically because there is a direct relationship with the creator. Outside of that, there is no foundation for a republic to exist. Okay, so with respect to the 
lawyer that we saw. So what? So this is Lejunia Aron says, what she says may sound correct to many people, but what she is touching on is shallow. There's only just that touching. She thinks she's hitting the nail on the head, but she's unbelievably way off. Almost all, if not all, of what she states can be proven incorrect by only digging a little deeper. And I think you, uh, you have shown that amply. Um, lots of people talking about her lizard skin. Maybe, maybe that was just low quality video, folks. How dare you? <laughs> Don't make fun of her turkey neck. How dare you? Ageism. <laughs> you ageist. <laughs> uh, let's see. They already forced facts people 100 years ago, Supreme Court rulings. So Brubaker elephant hunting rifles might be the only legislation. They understand. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I should uh, hit a Brubaker skit. Just bear with me, folks. Uh, or bear with me, Anthony. Uh <laughs> Right, folks, I haven't done a brew baker in a while, and uh, brew baker this stream supported by the First and Second Amendments of the uh, United States of America and that Bill of Rights, which we were just looking at. Get them before they get you. Um, and God, you guys are so lucky over there. <laughs> just so, so many things written down so carefully. You can have such nice things. All right. Um, let's see what else I've got through here. Free Christ. Anything is possible if they want to mRNA my blood. They're sadly mistaken. Uh, yep. Uh, that's called the Burgle Clause. Um, Timber Mishivas says, Yo, Doc, have to work in crowded area. Do surgical masks benefit at all? Look, I'm a, I'm a big believer in mitigation. And... Um, the less virus you, that you expose yourself to, the better your chances. Now, does it stop everything? No. Do children need it? At the moment, I would say that the evidence points to no. Children's children have different immune systems. Are there are there some children who are at risk? Yes. Um, the other thing, the other thing to keep in mind about masks is that their effective is time limited. Research shows that after about 90 minutes, the atmosphere inside of the masks matches the atmosphere outside of the masks, which is why they generally change the surgical mask during surgery. You know, um, the other thing that. to keep in mind, the other thing to keep in mind is that I mean, even the great Dr. Fauci himself acknowledged that the vast majority of deaths that occurred in 1917. Uh, as a result of the uh, Spanish flu was actually the result of bacterial pneumonia, uh, which could be traced to covering the face in an increase of bacteria not being um, expectorated. Yeah, you know, and, you know my, my kids definitely started to show elements of dysbiosis and the acne and... Um... Oh yeah, oh, it's disgusting. Man. That's just... uh, and you know, my, my seven-year-old still has problems with acne and blackheads. That's unreal, man. Yeah, and and like I say, I was I I, I not say I'm again. I'm not against masks. I'm a, I'm an advocate for mitigation, and a, a lot comes down to the quality of what mask you're using. If you've got a full respirator, great. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's much much better than surgical mask. But who wants to who wants to walk around in a full respirator all the time? And eventually you're gonna come into contact. So again, just I try to avoid crowded places. I have that I have that luxury, at least that I'm a shut in. So I don't go out that much. I need to go and replenish the fish supply now. 
after that. <laughs> Did you hear about my cannibal fish? I was shocked, <laughs> dude. Shocked. <laughs> you had cannibal fish, man? Yeah. I'm like, so I bought a bunch of fish, right? Goldfish, right? So I bought 10 goldfish a few weeks back, right? And then they were all dead the next day. So I was like, oh, fuck. Went and got more before the kids really noticed. And uh, I... um. I've been feeding. I was always just been told you feed fish once a day, but it's obviously not enough. And they were, and I would come down, and I'm just like, God damn it! I know there were more fish in there, and yeah, they'd been turning on each other and eating each other. <laughs> just so I've replenished the those that have been uh, cannibalized in, in the McCann Gulag, and now now I will I will instantiate. Feeding twice a day, so they're not turning on each other. But I had no idea that they were so fucking vicious, man. They would, they would eat their own. Which one? Which one's not swimming that fast, right? There's all that type of calculation being made in a fish's brain, right? And it's hungry. Have you seen those zebrafish that they have, where they, they, um, they can do calcium signaling? And they can see the brain uh, sort of firing uh, in <clears> real time. Have you seen that? Yep. Yeah. So literally just that that little bunch of neurons, right, is is making the decision of, uh, right, am, am I am I big enough? Am I am I fast enough? He, he looks, I'm hungry. <laughs> making... yeah, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to bring this study up uh, uh, um, uh. On, on masks. Okay. Um, specifically, right? If if you have been infected, right, prior and have natural immunity, right, it shows that um, T cell memory can be, in essence, um, transmitted in in the same fashion that the virus itself is. Mm -hmm. So, in essence, immunity itself is just as contagious as the virus. Yeah. So, is... so if if you have if you have antibodies. And you're masking up. You're denying those antibodies to those people around you. Yep. There it is. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you bring it back to the household, and or something gets back to the household. Not everyone gets sick, and the the yeah, this no, idea and... of spreadable immunity is uh, an intriguing one. Yeah, uh, here it is. It's documented. There you go. Exposure to SARS-CoV-2 generates. I'm gonna put this in chat. Hold on a second. Here you go. This is the article. I mean, the the, the big question now is uh, these immune evading variants, right? That's that's the big question, or the I, I would say the unknown, right? Well, now. no. See, immune evasion has two connotations. Are they evading immunity due to some type of morphology within the virus itself? Or is it a failure of the immune system to neutralize infection? Well, I, th I think it, it counts as both in this instance, right? We don't, yep. this, this is Gert Vandenbosch's point. And um, the, the, problem, the problem that we're dealing with in, when dealing with a synthetic chimera is if if they've studied down to the de detail where they've weaponized these you know what 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 were clinically and medically sort of enigmas right you got shoved into the mecfs cohort when they just couldn't 
decide what else to do with you and have they have they found ways to um circumvent what would be like the t-cell the innate um boundary that's there once you've once you've managed to um develop your full repertoire of immune response and I, I wouldn't put anything past these bastards. That's the thing. <laughs> and this this is why at the moment I would I would say it's this winter that's the test. Right? Oh, it's already happening though, man. I mean, it's it's already happened. You know, like yeah, this winter is a, is a test, but I think it's the moment in which the denial can no longer be made. Like it's going to be apparent, as it already is for those who are you know really paying attention. I mean, when, when, when actuarial tables in life for life insurance companies show a 160% increase in excess deaths, when a 10% increase is a one in a 200 year occurrence, I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... You can't deny it. You know, the, the, thing yeah, is the, that, the uh, problem is that they class it as non COVID. And I'm, I, I, I would be, well, I, I don't think, I, I think it probably is related to, well, it depends where you draw the boundaries of what COVID is, right? If, especially if you include the interventions that have been made, you know, what, yeah, what, it's, what an, then it's an extension of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, the, the disease is almost completely predicated upon an activation of the spike protein. And the scientific definition of what happens when a spike protein is activated is when TMPRSS2, you know, uh, is activated and, and cuts the PRA or PRA.S sequence at the furin cleavage site. And it's at that point that the spike protein becomes activated. It's funny how, you know, well, no, all that's, that's that's not in, entirely true with the disease because there's other other di other disease causing proteins that are part of the genome of of SARS. I'm and... just talking about how it's defined medically in the scientific literature and how they express it. They express it as that. I'm just repeating their words. That the spike protein is activated and becomes pathogenic after TMPS, TR, TMPRSS2 separation of S1 and S2. You know, yeah, and, um, um, and we, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dispute it. Just I, I, I tend to take a more broader, broader view. So you know, the the, the question is, um, is there a in in this well, excess I, death that we're that we're seeing? What's what's the interplay between the medical countermeasure and the virus itself that's causing problems? And I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure what that ratio is. And I'm I'll be I would hedge my bets. It's about thirty percent. Sorry, it's, say about, it's about it's about thirty percent. Okay. Mm -hmm. That developed long COVID as a result of exposure to S one. Thirty percent, bro. Yeah, I mean it's an enormous number. Um, Out of five billion? Yeah. Hell yeah. Shit. 
So I, I, I really kind of want to highlight this study. Um, I'm going to put it in chat. And this study was on the spike protein, and they looked at its behavior in mice. And they looked at the blood-brain barrier. Well, no, they're just looking at um, at the lungs. Oh, okay. Okay. So they took the S1. They took the whole spike. They took um, the S1 subunit, right, and then put it into kind of like a um, uh, like like mouse lungs. So the one one full spike went into human lungs. One full spike went into mouse lungs, and then the other one was injected with saline. And they found that when the whole spro when the whole spike protein was put in, there was there was moderate damage, right? But it really didn't react. But when the S1 subunit itself was put in, it caused a whole host of a whole host a whole host of shit. By definition, would put the the gene expression into a very, very dubious um, category. Well, yeah, because it's that patented Moderna sequence at the edge, that oncology MSH3 gene for hermansky pudlak syndrome that is causing such uh, an extensive and robust immune response. Oh, wow. There, this is, there's such a robust immune response here. We should probably do that in the body more. My God, man. The problem is it's within the, within the current models that we have, operational models, I mean, at, at the institutional levels. Um, that's that is a self-reinforcing pathway because of the correlates that they can monetize. This is um, all of, you know, 99% of research, medical research is sort of predicated on that type of thinking. Here's something, well, especially if they've got a patented gene to do it, uh, a um, something that's generally relatively easy, excuse me, to measure. Um, and yeah, it's in a in an environment like the U.S. where capitalism rules, and I, 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 you can get into arguments about what's capitalism, etc. But when you're dealing with um, these money stacks that are um, in play and looking for returns on investment, um, that they wouldn't think twice about experimenting and doing this to you. Especially, especially if in those in those secret board meetings, it was like, well, it's generally non-lethal. <laughs> we just, we just, uh, we just generally, like, <laughs> it won't generally kill you. Only non-generally. <laughs> but you know, thirty percent of five billion people that are then dependent on the medical system. Um, yeah. Then, then become dependent on um, benefits, right, to survive. Um, yeah, puts you puts you in a. It puts us all in a very difficult spot because the, the the systems that we're all reliant on change dramatically. Right, the <laughs> the the, the alter, as as bad as the free market, whatever. A, a lifelong disability is a lifelong impingement on economic activity and production. 
for that individual and therefore the society at whole. You know, public health. Yeah, motherfuckers, public health. The hell. You know? It's nuts. Used X clear as well as normal. So, look, yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer in nasal rinsing. Um, if you can hack it, use saline, not water. Um, I don't think you need to put iodine in it. Tell the truth. Just... Hydrogen peroxide also works pretty good. You put hydrogen peroxide in it. I just think a good nasal rinse, squirt it up there, and then um, you'll be surprised what comes out. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. um, oh, what is it? Um, uh, was it like albuterol and provental? I think, yeah, I think it's albuterol. Some type of inhaled cortical steroid um, would also benefit. Uh, yes, they've, they've been, it was found to sort of calm the, the raging cytokine storms, which makes sense. Um, I, I, I think there's concern about whether it's immune suppressing, but maybe you want to suppress the immune system somewhat. Mm, so. Yeah. Let's see. Mary in Texas says, almost 69, no test, no mask, no job, no sick. Are we silly? Many blessings, Mary. Yeah, yeah. Keep it up. Uh, those masks have been swabbed after use. They grew everything, straff, strep, mold. Yeah, but look, you're covered in that stuff anyway. Right? You're not You're not walking around this, um, what would you say? Uh, pristine, sterile uh, organism. You're covered in bacteria mold and fungi right so um of course you'll sample all sorts of stuff uh let's see jay thomas says it's a culling starvation cold and war will finish us off yeah this this is my concern is that um yep. this is this is just the first wave of a, a very very long and sustained attack that um you know the war has started the disruption to supply lines have started um the and look, maybe maybe you'll be impacted minimally, but there's many many who who will who will be right that are just clinging on to that bottom rung that will get will just get swept away. And um, look, I I can tell you from personal experience, right? These these long hauler type conditions suck. <laughs> you can you can kiss goodbye to your old life. And really what we're seeing is an increase in demyelinating disease, yep. a direct attack on astrocytes and oligodendrocytes yep. on the myelin sheath. And people don't realize neuron. I mean, you know this, but neurons are the laziest cell in the body. They don't eat for themselves. They don't shit for themselves. You know, don't breathe for themselves. <laughs> they rely on myelin for all that. You know? Crazy. It's... Uh, and within and within this realm is your Kreuzfeld Jacob, is is all your is all your stuff. Yeah, Matt Cow, awesome. and um, your Parkinson's, all, all yep. the all the protein misfolding, all the prion disorders. It's all it's all in that space. And so or this... the or the newest expression, sudden adult death syndrome. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and just. Um, it would be nice to be getting some autopsies on these people. I haven't, I haven't seen anything come up in the literature yet that um, would. Oh, it's it's bro. I, I have personal relationships with um, medical examiners, and they're seeing 
what they're pulling out of these people. It's it's the same class. I'm I'm desperately trying to get uh, samples. Um, test it, test it against steroid lipofusin, mm. please, please. We will please. we'll do it in the rodents and you know the things like. Well, find a sample of steroid lipofusin, get a baseline, and then test it against what's coming out, man. Can because that would. I'm just uh, settling down my own uh, my own <laughs> fucking blanking <laughs> sticks stuff up my nose. Can't think of uh, words. Um, why why am I squirting stuff up my nose? That's that's the question. So these are these are cytokines taken from stem cells, right? Which wow. are growth factors and. Um, it's not a licensed treatment yet um but part of the mechanism they think is that it it goes in and um calms inflammation this chronic inflammation in microglia and um i have to say i've noticed a difference is it a spectacular difference no but you know anything to maintain stability over more days is a, is a bonus. This is this is what you learn in these post-viral states. You'll have a good day, right? And you you're active, and then what happens is you crash, and then you've got a free three days to a week to get back to something approximating normal again. And I have found with that that it it has helped. Um, what I what I'm thinking as well what i found important and i need to try and get my hands on it is um anabolic or, or hormones testosterone for me um that that made a big difference but it's, <clears throat> hard, it's hard to get and you know all take all the uh supplements you think right but i've i've been down the supplement pathway before um and yes you could, you know, would I be as functional as I am now if I hadn't been sort of doing supplements, etc.? Maybe not. Um, but there's a level to regenerative medicine where if you're putting stuff in, but the signaling isn't there to use it properly, you're just making expensive peep and poop. <clears throat> and this is, I can just vouch, I'm, you need to find your own way to trying to get hold of these therapies um oh yeah oh if they're looking for that um flccc covid19 criticalcare.com treatment protocols um i believe there is a way to get ivermectin as well which the cdc has now authorized as an antiviral well, they have <laughs> yeah they have oh no shit they, they, they listed it for covid for covid yep <laughs> really when did yes. that happen uh hold on a second see. like within the past month oh no shit honestly yeah um so August 26, 2021. Oh, shit, look at that. Approved prescription medication used to be certain infections. There you go, folks. There it is. 
Hilarious. Absolutely Great. hilarious, man. They fucked people over so hard. Yep. 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 Wow. Yeah, man. It is the only thing within pharmacology which has been shown to prevent the spike protein from entering the nucleus, as well as preventing a separation of S1 and S2 because it inhibits TMPRSS2. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, what do we do after it separates? How about stopping it from separating? Motherfuckers. Yeah, man. Um, again, you know, I've, I'm post that phase, right? So um, I, I can only try to advise for um, if you know this long, this long drawn out um, impact on your life, and and that comes down to don't drink, don't smoke, lay off the ecstasy pills at the weekend, um, go to bed at night, or, or not because in the, this post phase, right, you don't sleep at normal times but just try to sleep and rest and there's nothing there's nothing wrong just with i'm tired today i'm run down and resting that's it your body's telling you something so give it give it chance to um do its best and you know don't burn the candle at both ends but that's yep. hilarious dude that they've, they've yeah, both gone and wow yep let's see what oh. else uh uh, let's see Carl says a house divided cannot stand they will fail and try to flip the table but like Doc's goldfish they will eat each other beforehand praise God pick up your cross lads hallelujah I would say um, let's see Thomas says I worked in ERs and ICUs got really sick the first year uh, Doc Keck are you on Twitter yes the response, yeah yeah, I'm on at Panglass Doc. Am I following you? Probably not. I get so many accounts burned, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More power to you. And then if anybody wants to hit me up on LinkedIn. I think that's where you contacted me first, right? Um, no, through Discord first and then Discord. Yeah, connected. So if anybody's looking, this is the LinkedIn. Uh, I'll look at put that dashing the... young man there. Strong yeah, jaw. Yeah. Look at that. There you go. <laughs> Longer hair now. I, I started growing it out when COVID started. Okay. I said, so if you come down to activity, you'll find all of my filings. Okay. Okay. This is the only place that, that my filings are published on the internet. There you go. Legal legal activism, folks. I'm, I'm all for it. This is what we're trying to do. Um, and the. If we, like I say, I, I beg. Is that for prayer? Petition to the Lord. Just don't, don't let it get so bad. No. Don't let it get so bad. <laughs> um, let's see. Um. Glad I just fixed boilers and toilets. Um, that's no way to speak about women, Pedro. Oi, oi, borrow boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. I remember Anthony. He was introduced by Nick. Um, no, I don't think. Have you met Nick? Saint I don't Nick. believe so. 
uh, he's always uh, it's a HIV activist. Um, you should. Um, he's a very very interesting cat. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's and there's a lot of crossplay between COVID and uh, and, and HIV. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know the mechanisms are essentially, I mean, essentially identical. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah. of the end result. Thomas says he thinks Epstein Barr was a bioweapon too. I don't know. That's what they reckoned I had in my twenties. Um, but the, um, I think that's more uh, an explanation of symptoms mm. that and you know, because it is neurological and there may be multiple pathologies to the same expression. But it was a miserable yeah. fucking time, dude. Oh, just, and it was, it was 30 years ago and just, they gave zero fucks back then. And they just, they didn't have the testing available. The molecular tools weren't, weren't available back then. And it was, it was a case of, yeah, get out of there. Stop fucking <laughs> lingering. And God, I can remember like the first few weeks right after the initial fever and insult. I remember just literally struggling to get to a shower and just a shower. It was like being shot with, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like the, it was horrendous. There was, wasn't anywhere on my body that didn't hurt. Right. And, um, the it was it was all well I, I wouldn't well yeah I would wish it on some people <laughs> what, what am I saying yeah I would what am I... <laughs> damn right I would um, but if, I... if that's all they got they get it off easy right yeah yeah look man you, eventually you sort of reach a equilibrium and um, yeah there's a I don't know there's a type of Ah, there was this um, Zen. I mean, Zen. Well, I don't, I don't, yeah, there's a spiritual pathway to it, right? And I, I remember sort of speaking with this guy who was um, training to be a priest, and I was sort of asking, you know, why? Uh, why... One second before you get into the priest and as we're in spiritual things. Happy 420, everyone on the East Coast. Oh yeah, uh, spark one up for the dog because he can't. Take take uh, one extra Please. hit. Uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> I'm going to cheers with, with the group. Hold it in deep, wanna... and um, the and, and I, I guess I get the sort of discussion I got. Well, you know, but and again, you have to put this in context of 30 years ago, where the premise of Emmy. CFS wasn't even really didn't even have those technical terms pinned to it and I, I was really really I felt like I was suffering I've been into it like a year or so and I was speaking to this guy and he said and basically he just said we all have our crosses to bear and I was like well that's just fucking cunty <laughs> at the time that's just what I thought but as the as you sort of get older and you realize that there is this component to this existence realm where there's always some something in opposition to you. Always something. And I'm not, and that's in no way condoning it happening to people, but I, I, would, I guess what I'm trying to get across is that in 
if it doesn't kill you, if it, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And yeah, whether you, you might lose some physical attribute, but you you'll more than gain it in uh, spiritual that spiritual domain. All right, so let's see any other. Be careful with testosterone and blood clots. Yeah, blood clots. Get them all the time. Just get the massager on them. Break them up. <laughs> Take some aspirin. DVTs every other week. All right. Uh, Misha recommends quercetin, zinc, uh, cumin. Cumin. I want to press that button, but I'm not going to. Uh, Coke helps with mental functioning in low doses. Yeah, you might. Look, man, I, I'm whatever gets you through the day. Uh <laughs> Bunkers of cock and coke in Tel Aviv for science favourite midget. <laughs> what? I don't know what that's referring to, but uh, coke is all gone. The only thing left is the coke-stained undergarments of Zelensky. <laughs> um, let's see. I have plenty of IVM and HCQ and dole out regularly to those that need. Thank you, comfortably numb. I'll keep that in mind. Um, I asked Ivermectin at the hospital. They refused to give me it here. That sucks. Um, uh, what he said, whatever science that was, war, war call is all I need. <laughs> Shout out to St. Burgle. Um, live vivisection is too good for these fuckers. Well, you know, we'll be getting some rats. Uh, Valkyrie recommends 5-HTP and Lion Mane's mushroom capsules. Um, yep, yeah, like I say, find your thing. Uh, let's see pour turpentine in your eyes like bear brain <laughs> okay look man I, I'm, I'm not against uh, turpentine as a medicinal right it's it's, it's it is a medicinal um, it's it's when it's when there's this denial of the sort of science reality a, a retreat into anti-science and um well, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to diss the alternatives, right? Because I do. I do think. Just remember, the science is what the TV tells you it is, right? And not it, what your eyes show that reality expresses. And of course, and it works at the speed of science. Never forget that. Which they own. Which they do own and can set at whatever. Um... The science is trademarked. You can't use the science and not paid the penalty they have a patent on it now uh compliment <laughs> to you here you look younger than me damn save some non-spike protein women's for the rest of us <laughs> yeah yes i imagine you uh if you're not married you're beating them off with a, a shitty stick but um, Un unvaccinated sperm is the new bitcoin yes so they say you know I, who needs a deposit yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see that's not, uh, what keywords do I have to search to find the newest CDC IVM stuff? Maybe you could just drop that link in the chat, dude. Uh, let's see. Oh, it's, um, let's see. CDC Ivermectin. Let's uh, health emergency alert. There you go. CDC Ivermectin. Uh, here's the announcement again coming in the chat. Southern Magnolia says it's mainly in your head. Go exercise. Yeah, that used to really piss me off because I used to be a uh, runner, weightlifter, soccer, bike rider. I, I'd lived for exercise and I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> went went from uh, supreme athlete to <laughs> just laid out on uh, well laid out anywhere that I could find comfort. Um, showers is like getting pounded with glass shards. Yeah, glass shards is a way of thinking. That's what good way of um, DMT is the panacea. Is it? Is it? Well, to, to tell the truth, um, dissociative estates have helped me. Um, I found them, um, you know, one of the ways that really helped turn around the TBI for me and the chronic pain that that induced was uh, ketamine treatment. That that was um, that was very very useful. Um, IV full racemic mix and um, yeah, just that ability to uncouple is very very therapeutic. All right. Um, let's see. Suffrage isn't everything in life, but it provides spiritual growth for appreciating the few good times we have down here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to interject real quick um, on ivermectin. Okay, ivermectin is so you can see the aver is is a type of avermectin or avermectin, right? And they're macrocyclic. Uh, microcyclic lactones isolated from the fermented broth soil actinosomycete avermyelitis so this is a bacteria and it's found in soil and it originated in japan yep so you can also find cultures of these and inject this in your own garden and then you can be exposed to those avermectins which will boost your immune system as it's the natural derivative of ivermectin for you gardeners out there japanese garden how about that for a tip yeah. mm -hmm. i just i just find the stuff i do in the garden i've got too much to uh to do so yeah uh, cool stuff. is this a conspiracy channel how dare you sir oh sir <clears throat> very dare you thank you so much <laughs> yes yes this is absolutely um and conspiracy is that which your eyes see and that which your ears hear which are not authorized by the powers that be and corporatist international globalist media thank you sir absolutely um that's uh we've made it to the end of the chat and so that's a um <laughs> Uh, probably a good point to wrap it up so uh, Anthony, yeah, thank you very very much for a very very interesting stream uh godspeed to your uh your jujitsu match in the courts um yeah, many the... many thanks may yahweh Elohim, all that is the creator that that be and surround us with his grace and love May uh, all of creation for his benefit and his glory uh, come before everyone and anyone that is listening right now or will come to listen into the future. Many Allah blessings Akbar. as well. Allah Akbar, sir. I should press the boom. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, blessings to everyone, folks. Um, all right, dude, I'll finish up here and then absolutely reach out to karma Cheers. doc i put the i put her cell phone number in the uh in the DMs. i got it yeah and uh, yes, just um i guess you can dm her on discord uh mm -hmm. get to know get to know karma she's all uh, right sounds good she's a superwoman 
And oops, did I? Yeah, I, I, people people know <laughs> she's a lady. All right. Uh, with that, folks, uh, I will let Anthony go. Hang up there. Boom. Do this. Escape from this. Out from here. I don't have any um, stories lined up. Just uh, praise the love. We got uh, our um, full ways to raise funding so um we are good for running costs and i'm going to be uh tipping into preliminary experiments with rodents um there's there's a lot we can do um so um with that i will um wish you all adieu god bless and uh, have a pleasant well, it's Sunday for me. Um, 5.30 a.m. Jesus. What a stupid time to be awake. Uh, Chris from the UK says, Rodent adoption. Buy a, na buy a rat. Name a rat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I'm out of here. Thank you for listening, folks. And yeah, we're doing well across all channels. I have to just say uh, 46 watching on Rumble. 70 odd over 100 and something of people are tuning in so systems are working next week next week which will be my sunday evening saturday central european time will be the next next round table um in between then um expect the usual jihad science show uh where we'll take target at anyone and uh yeah i'm gonna hit the outro take care guys god bless bro you don't know how angry i am you do i'm like i was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line i would be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine fuck these peppers i will fucking kill each fucking pepper i swear this is not a fucking joke anymore this is fucking dead serious i am fucking dead serious these people don't know who the fuck they actually playing fuck these chapters no fucking vaccine or mri or ever tells you what fucking war plan never no i will fucking die fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers Hold it, fine. I like this guy. Exactly what I'm talking about. Take care of the bigger crew. Whoa. Fuck these gaffers!